Good morning, party people, or should I say not party people for this particular episode. And welcome to Hangouts and Headlines, November 28th, 2022. We're back. We had American Thanksgiving. I have to say American because sometimes I say Thanksgiving to, oh, I don't know, some of my Canadian friends who may or may not be backstage right now. And they said, that was so long ago. So, So it was American Thanksgiving this past week. And very importantly, before we welcome my guest on, and we have a great hangout and fun time talking about work stories, I do have to mention a couple of things kind of in the background, a little housekeeping, important notes. Let's see if I can bring one of those important notes up. Just make sure we got, oh my God, let's see. What that isn't hangouts and headlines material. What what is what is this? I don't even understand. I guess maybe it'll make more sense if I snip if I if I take a sip from this awesome new mug co-counsel got me for my tea this morning. Oh my goodness. Hmm. Wow, that's that's quite the score. I can't that seems like it was higher than last year. Crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. Hmm. In any event, we're not gonna stay too long on sports ball. Uh, but it was a fantastic weekend in Oak House. Uh, so, you know, hey, I'm allowed to do this. We have last one at Ohio State in the year 2000. So, you know, you can think about where you were, what you were doing, if you were alive uh, in that year 2000. So we're going to have that short little gotcha, gotcha Buckeyes, period. And then we're going to leave it alone. Um, and we're going to welcome in our guest today, who doesn't sleep, I think literally, uh, Ian Runkle, Runkle of the Bailey. How you doing this morning? I know that sports ball was very important to you. Sorry, sorry, you had to miss that. I mean, I, I'm just sad that I didn't get to watch the. Oh wait, no, I'm not sad. Yeah. I didn't get to watch the game. I'm the other thing. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. But yeah. Yep. No. Um, sleep is one of those things that eludes me sometimes, and now is one of those times. So. Um, here we are. <laughs> oh, and Snoopykins gifted five Hoglaw memberships. Pretty awesome, Snoopykins. Thank you so much. I don't know if that's just to support the channel in support of the wonderful Michigan Wolverines and their march to an undefeated season for the first time in 25 years. These are the reasons I can speak like this because it's unlikely to happen ever again. And interestingly <laughs> enough, on live here, the one thing I was concerned about, which you'll hear me talk about throughout the season, is like, what does my Monday hangouts look like after we've lost? Still don't know. <laughs> so we're having uh, a lot of fun in this space. And Ian, I promise I won't just talk about my wonderful Michigan Wolverines the whole episode. So Ian's going to keep me honest here. <laughs> you guys don't have to listen to that for 40 minutes. We'll yeah, at some point I'd just be like, and and out. <laughs> he just he just nope out of here like he's the last broadcast on the Nostromo. <laughs> yeah. Snoopykins, congratulations on four years, Hogue. Hope we get to see much more of your content. Have some more members as an anniversary gift. Oh, it's a gift from Snoopykins for our fourth anniversary. If you guys didn't see it on either the community post or my Twitter post yesterday, I do like to celebrate by marking you know what the size of the channel is, how it's how it's doing on the anniversary, November twenty seventh, and uh, you can go see that. I can actually probably pull that up from at least the Twitter side of things. Um, and I love to go and look at exactly how we're doing, where we've been. And it's it's been four years since the first episode of Virtual Legality, which just is mind-blowing to me. Um, Man, that's, that's a big milestone. Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's like, I, I don't know where the time went. I still remember the conversations that were like, are you going to have enough content to actually put up uh, on this stuff? And, you know, we're at more than a thousand videos uh, at I the mean, four-year mark. 
the really weird thing about that is like when I started, it felt like there just wasn't enough stuff happening to uh, to talk about. And now it just feels like there's too much stuff. Oh, I can't and, cover everything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I get people who are like, why aren't you covering this? And I'm like, because I'm like, how, <laughs> you know, I'm covering all these things. And when do I do this? Um, no, absolutely. I like the ones that have like a political conspiracy for why I'm not covering any given thing. Oh man, <laughs> like, I got you coward. It's like, uh, okay. Well, I get people who are like, why aren't you covering the gun stuff in Canada all the time? I'm like, cause it's depressing to me. And so I'll cover it as I can, but I'm also going to mix in some other stuff. Cause, um, it's super depressing. Yeah. That's one of the things that I find myself doing. It's good to hear you do that too, Ian, which is like, well, you know, we do hangouts four times a week. A lot of times we're going to talk about serious articles. A lot of times we're going to talk about important stuff, whether it's antitrust or, you know, we've done the medical system and the educational system. We'll be back for those. We didn't solve those problems, folks. Uh, but um, sometimes, like today, I had four days of Thanksgiving. I want to do something a little bit lighter coming back in, kind of getting back into the, the, the motions, the patterns of doing these kinds of things. Remembering where all the buttons are, which, honest to God, took me a second. Uh, setting some of the things up this morning. So that's that's always nice. It's like, oh, oh, good. My 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 memory and uh, my muscle recall is doing great work. Four days off. If I ever take a week off, you might not ever have another Hangouts, folks, because I'll just forget how to do the thing. <laughs> but I I know that feeling, too, because you come back to, to things after recording a video or after you, if you haven't recorded something for a while, and you're just like, how do I talk to the camera again? Right? <laughs> right? There's so much of that. It's like, how does this work? It's like, wow, did I ever, did I ever sound decent on this? And you know, you guys can leave those comments to this uh, chat or below the video as well, telling me no. Uh, that's fair. I accept all that criticism. Uh, but yeah, it's it's just one of those things where it's like, all right, I know how I'm going to be to start the the Monday. I know I have, uh, you know, if you're interested, folks, I have like, I think two or three guest appearances for things that'll pop up over the week uh, that I have to tape today um and i have to get back to uh doing law so it's you know, it's a it's a big monday here at, at hoglaw uh and so i wanted to take an article that was maybe a little bit chiller i think somebody in the in the twitter side of things said it sounds like a friday sounds like a casual friday article it, it might yeah sometimes we just pick the lighter stuff for friday but uh it's fun it's fun so you didn't have american thanksgiving in so nope. you, you just trooped along i saw a big video from you and andrea about uh, amicus briefs um, oh, you want to talk to folks about that? Are they are they solid? Are they solid legal constructions? Um, there's something. Okay. Um, I'm just astounded that um, at least like one of them at least kind of lands in the realm of an amicus brief. Um, okay, good. I don't think it's good, but it, it at least makes some arguments that like an amicus brief should make because properly an amicus brief should be about the law right not mm -hmm. about the facts of a specific case because what you want to say is a particular legal interpretation will hurt these interests mm -hmm. um, that are outside um you know outside the parties but the facts only affect the parties mm -hmm. but these ones are <clears> saying <throat> you need to make determinations on the facts and one of them also says these are legal interpretations you should you know consider our viewpoint so that one okay. at least but the other one is just purely you need to find the facts this way or else bad things happen to women and i'm just like that's that's not proper for 
an amicus brief at all. Yeah. So well, right, an amicus brief is supposed to be helping the court <clears throat> understand impacts, understand things that it might not otherwise note, or that the parties wouldn't have a reason to bring to the court's attention themselves, right? Yeah, and um, like it's supposed to be things that will uh, uh, that'll affect other people, right? That won't won't just affect the people in the case because the people who argue the impacts on the people in the case are the people in the case. Um, but nope, they're, uh, they're going full bore on case or court got it wrong on the facts. And, uh, it's a weird place to relitigate. I, if I was the, uh, appeals court, I, at least the one of them I'd bounce and just say, no, um, you don't, we, you know, we're just outright rejecting this. You don't even get to uh, amend. <laughs> we're not even going to read this any further kind of thing. So um, yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting because if you know if they kick it out, if they, abs if they actually kick out an amicus brief, you're going to get like the wailing and gnashing of teeth of like. I want, and that's one thing I commented on is that I wonder okay. if that's actually the goal of at least one of them. To get, the uh, to, system, get the, to get the system to kick them out? To basically file a brief that they know will get kicked out, and then they can complain about it having been kicked out. And, you know, milk that for the, uh, like, make press statements about, oh, the court is so biased because they kicked out our, our brief. And meanwhile, the court is like, no, we kicked out your brief because it's so biased. Yeah. Yeah. What, it's such a weird case and it's such it's such a weird thing to watch kind of be politicized the whole way well um, i sort of warn people i'm like um court cases are a really bad um sort of proxy war they're bad to just sort of be like this court case has to be won based on you know or to like you know my team thinks this court case has to be won in a particular way, mm -hmm. but people think that all the time. And it's just such a bad way of looking at things. Um, Cause usually court cases are won and lost on their facts. Yep. Um, no. And I think you can hear certainly me saying it um, when we're covering that trial, as I said, you know, a lot of people want to say, this is, you know, this means this symbolically for this. It's like, well, Trials are a really bad mechanism for making, you know, large sweeping policy pronouncements. And yeah. if you try, you get into this situation, which is like, this is what this means. It's like, well, this is very specific about cutting fingers and kicking, kicking airplane chairs and, and whatnot. That's what the trial is supposed to do. Well, and we saw similar stuff in Canada with uh, things like uh, uh, a trial over... Uh, we had the Gian Gomeshi trial, which was an SA trial, and um, he was acquitted. And people were saying this is bad for women. And I'm like, but he was acquitted because they found that the uh, that people were lying. Yeah, so. it's it's a problem, and it's people really struggle with it. I mean, we see heck, we see lawyers and law affiliated people struggling with you know, the fact that this is a very specific set of circumstances. So I'm definitely going to check out that video. I was trying to stay offline as much as possible. I kind of failed during the football game. 
Um, <laughs> but uh, I was trying to stay offline as much as possible this weekend. Uh, and that's why I, I went dark. As, and, and as these things go, uh, Microsoft and Sony and Politico and Bloomberg and like all hell broke loose on some of the stories that I cover here. So I've got I've got some videos to put together for y'all. <laughs> on that stuff isn't that always the way it's like you have these times where you're just like what is happening nothing and then suddenly it's like oh what's happening everything yeah there are, there can be days where it's like oh i haven't done a virtual legality in three days or whatever i want to do something and you look around and you're like oh, is that a stretch for subject matter is that you know should i even make this video and then it's i said i was going to take five days i said i was going to take wednesday through sunday off uh, and then Wednesday, all the all the responses on the Microsoft Sony deal come in, and I do a three hour stream on the Sony response. And then I get, people get mad at me. It's like well, you didn't cover the Microsoft response because I'm pretty mean to Sony in their response. And I said, yeah, well, that one was 111 pages, and I knew I was never going to be able to do that in this kind of restful status. But I do feel a little bit guilty because it's like there's there's stuff to comment and potentially criticize on in that Microsoft document. Uh, and so it comes off as like, well, I only just assaulted Sony. <laughs> on their legal reasoning and not Microsoft. So it's like trying to find that place when it's like, yeah, but if I'm going to, if I'm going to hustle through December and onward, I, I need, I need to take a few days. Yeah. Uh, and that's always tough, right? Cause it's just like, it's, I don't know. It's a weird game. The whole YouTube thing. It's, it is. Uh, it is. Well, I can't speak to you, Ian. I just, I constantly feel like guilty if I see something happen if I get all the tweets and it's like, I, I could comment on that, but it's it, anything we do in this space takes like multiples of the time that you see us actually doing it, whether that's a VOD or a stream or anything. Like I was prepping, I was prepping the stuff for this video, which is light, right? We don't have a very high level of substance in this article. We're going to be talking about kind of just stories and things. Um, I still prepped it for an hour before the stream. That's just what I do. Uh, and so everything that we do is just a little bit more time and it's like well you, you got to talk about this political article it's like okay i will but like that's a three hour prep time and i am trying to hang out with my family you know <laughs> and so it, it's trying to balance those things but it's um it's pretty fun all right i was gonna hit a couple of chats here oh yeah uh, rick's quick review of the guardians of the galaxy game rusty robots it was my game of the year last year i think it is one of the strongest uh narratives of kind of modern video gaming if you want to check that out uh, I highly, highly recommend it. I think Ian, you haven't played that yet, right? I haven't. Um, maybe I should see if that's on because Steam's got a sale on a bunch of stuff. Is it their maybe winter sale? That. Fantastic. Yeah, uh, yeah. So Guardians of the Galaxy is a absolute surprise smash success, um, which has character arcs, is not overly pretentious, and doesn't meander in the Norse wilderness for thirty-five hours. Um, I kind <laughs> of was giving it a miss initially sure. on the basis of like, it's a Marvel game. Mm -hmm. Marvel has kind of done the Marvel plot. Um, mm -hmm. Like their plots have sort of become really samey. Mm -hmm. um, if I could say that uh, mm -hmm. we're and. Um, yeah, I don't think I, they write their video games. You know, it's not an MCU game. Um, so the guardians are slightly different. Honestly, by the time you get to the end, if you're anything like me, I think I actually like the, the video game Guardians a little bit better than the movie Guardians. Uh, and I, I actually, I mean, I really like the first movie, but yeah. I don't the know. The first movie Guardians. was a Star Wars. The second movie was a little bit, you know, up its own butt. 
family friendly. Yeah, I kind of thought that. I mean, the second movie had some great moments. It did, but the overall movie was like, ah, oh, yeah. Well, I um, like the video game better than both, um, and it does some really, really awesome stuff. Uh, which, again, I you know, it's it's a year old now, but I still don't want to spoil because it's they did such a good job of not even ever talking about what that game is about, other than it's the Guardians of the Galaxy. That uh, I highly recommend people go in and, and check it out. And I, I do think you could probably get it on sale. It uh, looks <clears> like <throat> it's on sale at thirty bucks down from eighty. And guys, I'm not affiliated with them at all. So I'm just <laughs> looking at this right now, so I just made a buy because I was just like, yeah, okay, if it's down that far, it'll be a while before. The other that might, like that might I'm, be the impetus behind the question. Somebody looking at it on the Steam sale or one of the console sales and being like, Rick, what do you think? Uh, literally, you can go see my review. Well, it's not even a review necessarily, but it's I do the top games of the year in December with my brother. Uh, and the, the last section is my number one. It's Guardians of the Galaxy. You can go check that out from last year's video. Um, so Rusty Robots, I hope that's helpful. Massive, massive, massive recommend from me. Uh, lots of congrats on the Michigan win. Yeah, I had a lot to <laughs> do with it. Very responsible for all that that happened. I, I know you were pushing hard for it. So um, everything that could be done from that chair was something that, that Rick was doing. I can't tell you how happy I was. I can't. Saturday, man, I should have just I should have just popped up on video and just been like this, just grinning from ear to ear for like, I don't know, 20 solid minutes. I wouldn't say anything coherent. Uh, I had already lost my voice from screaming. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, uh, it was great. Here's Britt, <clears throat> whose title whose new title I can never fully remember, Brit, but it's like Lord of the Cosmos and everything he surveys or, or she surveys. You are welcome. You asked for when I delivered, although I will say I did fall asleep in the second half due to lack of interest. The second half? That's where all the Michigan scoring was. I did not, <laughs> I did not fall asleep in the second half, Brit. I did not fall asleep. <laughs> Akaruki says, I'm not sleeping if Runkle is guesting. So you're helping other people's sleep issues in. Uh, being now, on I feel, morning. now I feel bad. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's that's not good. <laughs> Don says hi from Oz and happy four years at Hoglaw. I yeah, it's it's fantastic. I love anniversary time. Happy fourth anniversary, Hogs Channel. Yeah, it's uh it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. We we're meeting the goals that I had internally set for myself. Uh we're gonna need new goals, which is always kind of a fun thing. Like, huh, all right. Prototopics, David. Says, hey, Ian's here too. And David if you're wondering, David right now is wearing the wizard hat because he wears that at all times, except sometimes when he comes on to stream. And That's right. I yeah. like the notion that he wears a wizard's hat and dresses as a wizard um, at all times, except when he's DMing Lawyers and Dragons. <laughs> yes. That's, That's when he that's takes, when it, he off. takes <laughs> it off. Uh, happy fourth anniversary. Today is my 17th anniversary with my husband. Congratulations on your anniversary, Maribel. Heart emoji. He is deployed. So we're, no, so we're normal day here. LOL. Well, I hope you get to have a non-normal anniversary celebration day relatively soon. Uh, but that is an awesome anniversary. That is a lot of years uh, being co-counselor at 15. So it's been a while uh, for, for both of us. And I, I, hope your, I hope your marriage is as awesome as you want it to be. Gina D, good morning from beautiful Boca Raton, Florida. Rick and Ian, how about that score? Go blue. <laughs> blue heart emoji maze heart emoji looks like yellow to you but it's really maze you just don't realize it uh so yep maze and blue undefeated playing for the big 10 championship this coming weekend 
Zeppelin Creature asked me when I say, hey, I'm going to have to do some law today. So it's it's what I actually did a lot of before this whole YouTube thing, right? Drafting documents, talking to clients, working with them on deals. They they still need me. <laughs> so I can't just be on stream all the time. Uh, Isn't that the worst when you're like, oh, well, I I... I would love to be on this stream, but no, I just can't. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Go find Sometimes. different times. Absolutely. I, I, I hear that. It's, um, it's interesting. It's one of the hardest things I think I do right now with kind of the two jobs, which is they are very different hats and putting your brain in the, the two different spaces is a, it's a little, you gotta, you gotta get that gear shift down because it's, it's a completely different kind of skill set. Yeah, well, I mean, some of the stuff like on a video, sometimes you are going and being like, you know, this really upsets me. And then you have to transition to doing like court online because since the pandemic, a lot of court appearances can be made online. But you've got to switch gears into I am in court now mode and like you cannot drop an F-bomb in court. <laughs> you know Exactly. <laughs> That's the weirdest thing, right? Because at, as an actual functional like process level, you're still sitting in front of the same camera in all likelihood. You're still doing the same kind of motions in a different in a different room. So you do you go to court, you know, I might be talking at a board meeting or otherwise having uh, you know, a negotiating conversation where you can drop F bombs if it's to help your client. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, it's it's the same yeah. pose in the same room in a different context. And it takes a little while to get used to court. You just have to be really, and you know, even stuff that's not like dropping an F bomb. Um, you can't say that somebody's arguments are just the dumbest thing you've ever seen, you know, in court. You gotta have um, comedy. Yeah. Yeah. There's a little, I mean, the comedy that you can use in court is much more, it's got to be subtle. It's got to be a scalpel blade and not a fire axe. And um, yeah. Abigail asks if my voice is okay because it's lower. Um, so a couple of things happen in Michigan in the winter. And, and one is that the heaters have to come on. And I will just tell you, I will do my best to have as much tea as possible. But it is a drier household. It is, it is one of the things we have to work through here in, in the Midwest or upper Midwest. Uh, and I don't have enough humidifiers in my entire house uh, to was, keep to keep my voice properly humid. Um, I, I was going to ask if you had uh, humidifiers as an option because uh, I will say uh, they have made my life much better. Although at times humidifiers have made my life much worse. Um, How does a humidifier make your life worse? I'm curious about this. Well, we've got a humidifier that is attached to our furnace yep. as a default thing. And um, if you turn that water line on, it floods the house. So oh, no. um, that is something we had to learn the hard way. I bet. Uh, you got so, giant masking tape over it now. Do not do not press. Um, it's like off with like a wire through it so that you can't turn it without uh you know and oh yeah that would definitely go terribly wrong yeah so i mean we've got like a little portable humidifier that does a pretty good job but um yeah it's uh so i got those going i got two 
in most rooms we do have the one hooked up to the furnace i think it's a lie um you know I, I, we, we we crank it i don't know that it is actually very effective so you're going to get a little bit of that the other aspect of this is um the game was saturday and my recovery on that may or may not be fully concluded uh so was there some reason why you might have been shouting during that I, game i i <laughs> if you if you wanted to hear me swear uh you, missed, <laughs> you could have gotten a recording of uh of of the the sports game because it was it was a lot of you call that a touchdown you do it right now <laughs> see that i would like to uh record sometime because on go. stream you're you're pretty good about that uh um, yeah yeah no i i it's it's really the only time where i get very uh let's call it enthusiastic my daughter said i am intimidating while i watch michigan football in particular well, um, because that doesn't come out for Lions games. Sometime I got to make it down to uh, down to Michigan, and I don't do the sports ball, but I will sit there watching, watch you watching the sports ball. Just we'll like, have fun. Hey. We'll have fun. You can come. Heck, we could even go to a game if you wanted to, but I think you might be miserable. <laughs> um, I don't know. They serve beer at those. Uh, yeah, um, kind of. Kind of. They don't serve uh, Malort, do they? In my youth, it actually was all um, it was all like ankle flasks um, because n nobody was searching, and it was specifically prohibited um, at uh, I think it was at all NCAA, all college events, because they didn't want to be associated with that. So it was basically pre gaming and then stumbling into games, and then I think I had the worst drink of my life at a Michigan game where it was I can't even remember now. It was something like cinnamon schnapps in an ankle Ooh. flask <laughs> i was like got, you know yeah, warmed in the ankle. michigan sun <laughs> i've got flasks but i think yeah they do probably do a lot of searching these days um uh i drank from a flask a fair bit in norway because okay. norway the bars are insanely expensive okay and uh yeah that was uh so you know, smuggling alcohol into bars was uh, was a thing. <laughs> See, that's great. That's great. Well, um, <clears throat> they do. We could get around it, depending on what you need to get through a sports ball game. We can figure it out. Certainly, we can drop by a tailgate or ten, because <laughs> uh, I do. I, I do have the ends. I have some pretty good ends at the at the radio station at, and at the law firms that like to throw some big parties. Um, I've never been to a tailgate party. That's not really a thing here, as far as I know. Oh my goodness! It's like a it's like an entire tent city <laughs> around Michigan Stadium. Um, all right, well, that sounds like fun. We should chalk that up. We'll find a yeah. game that you don't think uh, you'll hate, and uh, and we'll figure that out. I mean, the thing is, is I'm not a huge sports fan, although they do tend to be better in person. Um, partially because then you've got the whole crowd of people who are getting excited. And um, that, yep. I think, helps. I have enough Michiganders. Maybe we'll do our own tailgate and we'll throw up a signing tent just for Ian. Ian will sign your glossy, <laughs> your glossy headshot photos of him. Uh, we'll, we'll have a tailgate outside of Michigan Stadium. And we'll go, we'll go uh, try to experience the sports ball together. See, that sounds like fun. You say that like you wouldn't have a lineup for people wanting to sign stuff. Oh, no, no. Nobody's getting signed ho glossies. This is an, this will be an Ian show. 
Uh, I I feel like you undersell <laughs> undersell that, but uh, we can have that argument. We can sit there and like have a little tally thing for you know how many. Oh, you could have the count. You could have the count. Uh, Crazy Cat Queen says, "Happy fourth anniversary, Hoglaw. I'm so glad I found your channel. Congrats on your Michigan Blue as well. Eh. Was a great nice. game to watch. My Florida State Knowles also had a great win against the University of Florida Swamp Lizards. It's alligators to you and me." Uh, yes, I saw that. A lot of interesting results from Rivalry Week. Um, I was like, did they seriously name a team Swamp Lizards? I was going to be impressed, but uh, well, their stadium is called the Swamp. Um, and I've I've long been uh, impressed by Florida's atmosphere when they're good. Uh, now, a little bit less impressed when they're not. Is it the Swamp, or is it something like, you know, the, uh, you know, the Microsoft Swamp, or something like that? I don't think it's sponsored. Uh, you know, for the most part, there isn't a lot of sponsorships on college stadiums, uh, at least of the Blue Bloods, the, you know, the, the historically good schools. Uh, so Michigan Stadium is Michigan Stadium, uh, all, a.k.a. the big house. Also, the, <laughs> the, the highest um, the highest seating in, I think, the country. I think it's third highest in the world, something like that. Um, and... Uh, you do get exceptions to that, but it's it's mostly it's mostly still pretty non-commercial as these things go. But it's uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. So thank you, Crazy Cat Queen. Very happy to hear about your win uh, as well. I'm looking forward to the postseason now. Hopefully, Michigan continues to be awesome. Snoopy Kid says, please don't ever feel guilty about not covering something. Family in real life comes first. I, I hear you. I agree. It's tricky. I When I say I feel guilty, I mean, I have that twinge of guilt. It's not like I'm sitting there going, oh, God. Um, but it is like, oh, I could offer something here. Also, people would be enthused about it. Also, there would be clicks and YouTube might like it. And, and oh. all this kind of stuff. It's like you take four days off. It's like, what exactly is YouTube going to think about that? It's like, ah, he's dead. Kill him. Yeah. Uh, there is a certain point where, like, if you take five, like, if you take a week off, the next video you post is going to be like a, a fifth of your usual views. And it yeah. doesn't matter what it is. It's like, you know, it could be I personally have evidence that, you know, <laughs> Amber Heard, you know, engaged in a bank theft, like a bank robbery or something. That's a hypothetical, a video. YouTube, not an accusation. This is a hypothetical, uh, but like, <laughs> so, you know, and it would be like 500 views. <laughs> you're just like, oh. Yep, yep. No, it, you, it, likes you, it likes it when you're always there. And I think that if you start talking about those things, that's one of the interesting parts, right? Because we talk about Taylor and Kat and all YouTube monetizes whatever garbage and they all should be shot at dawn and that kind of thing. And, um, it's it's funny because there are things that the algorithm and the platforms do poorly. I, I don't know that it's monetizing specific versions of content because I think the headlines or the descriptions can get you to wherever you need to be on some of that stuff. Uh, but it certainly incentivizes uh, what I would describe as unhealthy contribution or content creation patterns uh, that it really doesn't give you any credit <laughs> for, for a nice, you know, once every six days kind of thing. Uh, and so I do think you hit, you get into those situations where mm, maybe I could, maybe I could see YouTube or Twitch. I, I hear about this a lot on Twitch from my friends that do Twitch uh, more. Yeah. Uh, maybe they could do better on that stuff. 
The uh, other but, thing that astounds yeah. me on some of this stuff is just how much the platforms manipulate you. Mm. And what I mean by that is like um, Patreon sends me an email when somebody signs up to be a new patron. They do. But they don't do squat when somebody signs off, like when somebody drops it. It's that I have to log into to, to see, right? And... Um, you know, Twitter does the same thing. So, like, this here's the list of people who followed you, but it's not like here's the list of people who decided you suck. Um, so that's always weird because it's like they're trying to say, like, hey, you're doing good, you're doing, you know, go, go, go. Um, and I'm like, this is kind of manipulative. This is yeah. kind of they're trying to poke you to have certain things. And I go, like, guys. Um, mm, I don't like that feeling of them messing with me. Yeah, but, all the I platforms mean, do that. And, you know, the YouTube stuff, I know we were talking about it offline. We don't need to go into it too much detail. But the YouTube stuff also, you know, as your channel gets bigger, they kind of half offer new things and maybe give them, maybe make them ultra difficult, maybe just don't give them after they say they will. And it's it's a lot of dealing with companies that are too big to truly care uh, but also want you to be making the money and it's, uh, it's tricky. <laughs> yeah. I just, I don't, I mean, I don't have a good answer to this, but um, yeah, it's, it's kind of annoying. Cause you want to like, if you want to take a trip sometime, you either need to bring recording equipment with you so that you can do stuff where you are, or you need to like create a backlog. And um and it's tough because, you know, a video that's like 30 minutes is like four hours of work sometimes. Yeah. So this whole notion. Yeah. This whole notion of like, I'm going to get videos ready for a two week vacation is just like, oh, that's such a such a hill. And they have to be videos that can be released whenever. Right. Because yep. if you do topical coverage, it's like, how do you. Uh, yeah. I hear that. Uh, and I'm, I'm also just, I, I have uh, very little uh, self-control on that. If I think I have a good one in the kitty or the hopper, it's like, uh, we got we to put it up. I, I do that too. Cause <laughs> like some of the stuff, like the trailer park boys video, I recorded that and that one I just released, but I did have the thought of like, this is something I could release whenever. Um, so I could save it for when I want to take a few days. And then I was just like, no, nah, I want to share it with <laughs> Because like, yeah, I want to share too. with my audience, I view them as like friends, and it's like I want to, you know, I want to see people's reactions. I want to make people happy, hopefully. So, um, yeah, well, that's part of the fun, right? Is having these interactions, having these conversations, is fun. One of the very first things that I realized I really loved when I started virtual legality was these were these topics that were kind of, you know, minute. Uh, this is a terms of service yeah. paragraph and whether you could get a refund for this thing or that thing is against, you know, this precedent or whatever. Uh, and I wanted to have the conversations and nobody was really having them. And what would, what was starting and is bigger now is that you get these kind of, you're, you're, you're building almost like a forum post of like what you wanted to talk about and you get all these various things. Some are, you know, Oh, that's really insightful. I hadn't thought about that or some of that is you, you, you dumbass. Uh, <laughs> and yeah. you forgot, you forgot these things. Both, honest to God, this is the truth. 
are equally good. Like I like to go and think, oh yeah, I could have covered it that way. That's a good note. Or okay, dude. I mean, I like the people who are like, hey, here's <laughs> a, um, you know, here's something you didn't think of or whatever else, and you know. But you get people who are just straight up abusive too, and it's like, uh, maybe not so much on those guys. You so. get used to it in this space. I really wish yeah. you didn't have to, um, because I do think it keeps like good voices. I think it keeps people that could contribute a lot to the conversation and to the space. You know, they look at you know one of us dealing with a mob or 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 just uh, you know mean posting or whatever. It's like ah no, I don't. I don't I don't want to deal with any of that. I did a talk here locally a little bit ago to say like this is what you'll experience if you get into YouTube and start uh you know I'm like the first thing you'll experience is probably throwing a lot of videos into the void and just cuz like your first video will probably get like two views and it'll be somebody who clicked by accident. <laughs> you know your thumbnail came up um and it's just like Oh man, I meant to click this other video. So it'll be a view for like six seconds. And somebody's like, wait a minute, this isn't what I clicked. Who is this guy? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, you get that of like that sort of. But once you start seeing growth, you start getting people who will be just incredibly abusive at times. And that's, um, you know, that's kind of a, an experience the first time it happens. Like the first time you get a death threat over a video and you're like, hmm, um, okay. Um, random dude saw it. my video and wants to murder me. Yeah. Yep. Hey, good times. Good times. And I don't blame anybody for looking at that and saying, no, no, not, yep. not interested in any of that. I was just like, you gotta... You know, I was warning people. I'm like, this is something that happens. And if you're not able to to process that, you're going to you're going to have a rough time. Right. So mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. look, we got people that are in favor of you uh, going to a tailgate. Ian. So look, Shereen, Shereen says you'll become a football fan after you go to a tailgate. <laughs> that that might be true, actually. They're fun. They're, they're, they're parties. Brisk fall air in Michigan. Uh, good stuff. Brett, Ian, just say you're Canadian and the flask is your maple syrup. I'm sure they'll let you pass. <laughs> I think that they might want to test it out and then I'd be screwed. God, if you give them like cinnamon schnapps, it'll, it'll be like, yeah, it might be syrup. I don't know. It was What I need is awful. like uh, two flasks, one that is the obvious one for them to find, and that one can just be full of maple syrup. And they'd just be like, seriously? And I point to Northville on my hand. I don't know if I can do it in reverse. See, is the problem. It's like there. Southeast Michigan, suburb of Detroit, um, you know, close uh, between Detroit and Ann Arbor, uh, picked in part because uh, the law firm that I was working had offices in Ann Arbor, Detroit and Lansing. And it's kind of like on the on the highways to all of those things. Uh, but it is um, it's a fantastic little town. And uh, I think I started talking about Northville in my very first video. Of the intros that you people say you can repeat now to virtual reality. <laughs> so I've said them too much. I've said them too much. I should just tape a video or something, but it's uh, it's fun uh, to do those. Uh, and, and, you know, you can't, it's not every state that you can actually describe where you are on your hand. So it's, it's, it's Michigan. Knoxville Buckeye, gracious with the super chat. Grr, hail to the victors, they say. 
until oh, well, next year. That's that's very uh, very big of them. I will try to remember to be gracious when next we lose to you. <laughs> ah, what a day! What a what an amazing day! Uh, okay, so we got this story. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just reliving. I Saturday. saw the headline. I haven't seen the story, but I saw the headline. And I was like, "What the heck?" Um, yeah, so we'll talk about this a little bit. Oh, I, I, gosh, I forgot to change this tab off. That was, that was weird to me. Sorry about that. Um, and so, yeah, I, I got I got this sent to me. I really do. When I say people, I can't be everywhere online and send me, <clears throat> excuse me, send me headlines and whatnot. It, it's the truth. These are the kinds of fun things where I say, oh, that would be an interesting headline. And there isn't a lot of substance here. And we've also got a follow-up um, with, I think, uh, the, the Washington Post. There isn't a lot of substance here. It's just kind of an interesting, funny story. But we'll we'll take a look at this. The headline, as Business Insider puts it, and Business Insider always writes like super long sentences. These always remind me of like Parks and Rec uh, headlines. A man <laughs> won the legal right to not be fun at work after refusing to embrace excessive alcoholism and promiscuity. Now, this is essentially what he accuses them of. We're going to look at the, the French court uh, here, and we're going to look at uh, some, some Google Yeah, I was going to say, I bet some of that is his quotation as opposed to, like, work's description of what they were encouraging. Right. So we're going to talk about it, you know, as a headline, which is always, okay, so, yes, Ian, you're exactly right. This is basically the court finds for the man, um, but this is what the man says he was being asked to do. And we'll, we'll take a look at it a little bit. We'll, 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 we have to take it with a grain of salt, as usual. It's fully translated from French, so it's all kind of complete alien speak. But we can pull out the pieces of what this actual um, court case, case says, and we can talk about how you know France appears to be interpreting its labor law, as well as the European, I want to say European Convention on Human Rights. If I get that titling slightly wrong, I apologize, Europeans in the chat. Um, and we're also going to talk a little bit about how it differs, in my opinion, from how most jurisdictions would treat this question uh, in the United States, understanding that I'm, a, I'm an American lawyer, Ian is a Canadian lawyer, and even in the United States, labor law is one of those areas where you can have some pretty big distinctions across jurisdictions. Uh, California and Michigan have very different labor laws. Um, New York and Florida have very different labor laws. So we'll be talking about a little bit 30,000 feet up uh, on this. But this is the headline that goes out there. This is what people kind of seized on. Dude wins the right to not have to go to after work parties, give or take, to not be fun. <laughs> sure. Okay. Let's see how Business Insider describes this in more particularity. A I always love the stock photos that they choose for these yes. things because like um, <laughs> um, people in the chat never do stock photos. Because you don't get to choose what that goes to. And uh, um, so if you do a stock photo of you looking sad, um, that might be used for like, you know, um, like a newspaper thing. But that newspaper thing could be anything from like, you know, guy is disappointed after he loses his appeal for, you know, creeping on kids at a park and it's like here's this oh, stock photo <laughs> there have oh. actually been some interesting some lawsuits over that too where people have been like 
you can't just use my stock photo next to anything. But um, yeah, I'd want yeah, to see the contract. Yeah, that would be very interesting. Well, this looks to me like it's set up as people celebrate goal or something. Like it looks like they're uh, they're celebrating a sports moment at the bar. Would be I think guess. this is supposed to be work celebration at bar because everyone's in suits and ties. I get that. I get that they're in suits, but this seems like a moment in time. How? how at what? Even if you show up at the bar, what exactly happens to get you to this? Also, what year is? What kind of TV is this in the background here? I mean, it's <laughs> like a CRT. Do you figure that's a security monitor? Because that's not. You're not watching the, the old sports ball game on that. I don't think. That's I like, have a lot of thoughts. They're monitoring a shuttle launch or something, right? <laughs> right. So yeah, and then this this guy seems the most enthused. Now he doesn't have a hover hand right here. This is a big hug. Uh, and yeah. I don't know what's happening here for business hair. So we got we got a lot of things going on uh, in this in this photo. But Ian's exactly right. These gentlemen did not sign up to be associated with the French drinking story and, and the uh, excessive alcoholism and promiscuity story. <laughs> like, hey, sharing the promiscuity. Um, please put my name down for promiscuity. My picture down for promiscuity. <laughs> like, yeah, nobody. Nobody did that. This is also a place or either a time where you've got just really long ties. These ties are very excessively long. And uh, wide. But, yeah. Wide <laughs> ties, excessively long, somewhat crazy business hair. Like, I just have a lot of thoughts on this. What kind of work environment is this? Are these people from the same employer? Is this a different job? I feel like this is like 80s or 90s or something. It feels that way, doesn't it? It yeah. feels that old. Um, and of course... You got to have the white collars. You got to make sure you have the white collars. You have the white collar. Like this guy's out. I don't even know what he's doing. You can't. He's yeah, he's fired. Collar. That, that, that's that doesn't work. He's uh, fired after this. White collar. This guy goes to have the, the the pinstripe and the white collar. That's this is this is maximum right here. Um, so yeah. Hey, who knows? Who knows what's happening? But that's that's a fun. It's a fun aspect of uh, of the entire article. I appreciate you making a stop at the stock photo, Ian. <laughs> Uh, a French court has ruled. Actually, now I'm curious. What 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 does the Washington Post use for their photoing? Sure, sure. Corporate drinking culture has been criticized in court cases in multiple countries. I stock. So and then you know this is the picture. Like these guys get to be the face of promiscuity. I don't think the Washington Post actually highlights the promiscuity, do they? No, they oh, just no, say just... French man wins right to not be fun at work. And they that's highlight exactly. humiliating and intrusive. I think that's a better. Somebody's suggesting it might be a wedding, and I think that might make sense. For uh, for our first stock photo? For the first stock photo. Yeah, it could be a wedding. I just it's it's this eye line that really confuses me. Like this that eye line looks like they might be watching a screen. Yeah, this looks like hockey goal, or it's something that's sudden. Soccer goal. Uh, yeah, that kind of thing. Goal and a bunch of people have bet on this. <laughs> like I feel <laughs> like they had money on down on this one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I, it's yeah. We're hey, it's it's headlines and stock photos here today <laughs> uh, on our on our money back. I I love it. I, I, well, we got we got comments, people talking about the tie. That Sarah, I couldn't look at anything except that tie. LOL. Uh, yeah, it's hey. I I mean I've got a uh, what do you call it? Uh, I've got a subscription to a stock photo service, mm -hmm. and I will tell you those stock photos range from anything from like. Yep, this is something I could totally see using and in some cases do use. Mm -hmm. um, down to like, why does this photo exist? 
Like, what universe led to this being a thing? Um, so my favorite is the ones that show people at work that are just like clearly stupid. Like, <laughs> you know, where you've got somebody who's holding a soldering iron by the, the iron part of it. Right. I, well, there's game stock photos that I always love where it's like the controllers upside down. It's like, oh, that's that's got to be difficult to play that way. <laughs> yeah, it's like, how? How do these end up so badly? I think some of them must be on purpose. So Crazy Cat Queen has a membership comment, which don't pull over into the stream yard. So I'm sorry about that, Crazy Cat Queen. In the army, once you become a certain rank position, we have mandatory fun with lots of alcohol, but not mandatory to drink. Not mandatory to drink. <laughs> David at Prototopic says he's not wrong. Ian and I use the same stock photo site. Laughing yeah. emojis. Laughing emojis. All right. We've had fun with the stock photos. What yes. does the French court say? A French court has ruled that companies can't fire their workers for failing to be sufficiently fun. Now, this is interesting because it's described as a French court. It appears, and we're going to take all of this with the know enough to be dangerous, can research enough to be dangerous on this stuff, it appears that it is, in fact, the highest court. The court of uh, cassation, which is not a term I was familiar with before this video, uh, social chamber rendered the following judgment. If we go and we look at some help with understanding the, the French court system, court of cassation appears to be the French Supreme Court. So okay. it appears to be high-level high court decision-making here. And they will reference the below Court of Appeals decision. Uh, so this does appear to be perhaps more than a French court. Yeah, it's not just any random court. Appears to be the French court. Uh, has, has ruled that companies can't fire workers for failing to be fun. Um, and we can start to get into this a little bit before we get into the Business Insider and, and Washington Post. Because honest to God, folks, they're not going to add a lot of substance here. This isn't an investigative piece. Uh, this appears to be uh, one that the editors said, oh, this is funny. Write that up real quick. Um, so we get partial cassation, which is probably doing what it sounds like. They've got a half win for one side and a half win for the other. Uh, according to the judgment under appeal from March 10th, 2021, in case you think all justice systems are, uh, are quick and speedy or faster than America. Yeah. Uh, it takes a while. It takes a while. Mr. T, I pity the fool. Was hired from February 7th. I'm kissing 20... probably not that, Mr. T. Well, hey, I don't know. I actually find this very interesting from an international perspective. Like this is like specific anonymity in the French court for bringing this claim, right? Like that's now, the, the idea. That's pretty cool. I mean, but it's an employment law case. Like that's not usually where you get those anonymity decisions. It's possible that there's a French standard that it's, an, it's anonymous unless there's like a public interest. Like it's the opposite standard um that that we get here i can't speak to that because i agree with you ian nobody's accused of like really bad wrongdoing here he kind of accuses his employer of that a, a little bit but but not um, really bad wrongdoing <laughs> like mildly bad like you fired me and you shouldn't have right no we're not talking about activision type stuff um so mr t was hired from february 7th 2011 by cubic partners as a senior consultant then promoted a director from february 2014 so Starts a decade ago, gets promoted uh, after three years of work. Generally, that's a pretty good sign that you're you're fitting in. Um, yeah. And then he is dismissed for professional incompetence by letter noted on March 11th, 2015. So he, he stays in that director role for a year and then he's booted. 
That's that's the state of play here. And for incompetence. Yeah. So in Europe, we know this, that it's uh, you generally have to be a little bit more specific about why you're hiring and firing people than you do in America. And like, that's one of the things I want to talk about in this story is uh, there are good reasons why the French court is going to find why it did. We'll talk about those as well. Uh, But in the United States, for the most part, uh, employers are going to be at will, which is a phrase in, in legal art that says the employer can walk away from you and the employee can walk away from the employer. Uh, and you know that has some benefits on either side, but you get into was, big philosophical. Which one walks away from the other more often? Do you think? Well, I, I certainly think that employees move more often than employers fire them. Uh, but, but you do have all sorts of stories right now about you know mass layoffs and things. Is certainly the economy is adjusting and prepping for a recession. Um, so. You get into these discussions philosophically about whether that's a good thing or a bad thing um, because of, you know, the, the, the power differences between the employers with their jobs and the employees and wanting to do them. Uh, but I just want to set the stage properly for folks, which is that in general, the United States and there are there are exceptions to this. California in particular is a little bit more um, uh, actively protective of, of labor interests than other jurisdictions um, will say you're at will. And if a company doesn't like the cut of your jib for any reason, give or take, they're going to be able to let you go with certain exceptions for uh, discrimination and, and uh, yeah. firing whistleblowers and, and things like that. There, there are certain protective safe harbors that you have to watch out for uh, in the United States. But that's yeah. a little bit different than what we're going to be talking about today in France, where what we're going to see, and so, like I said, it's... It, it, it's uh, translated, so it's a little bit tricky uh, to kind of get specifically here. And and fun and pro is how this got translated. I don't think that's for promiscuity. I don't exactly know what pro is. I think it's just positive. Being fun and positive is a culture uh, in the company. And, and this guy with yeah. a wet towel um, on this stuff uh, is is a little bit different than we might experience it in the United States. So I want I want to kind of fill that in. Not a French lawyer. We're evaluating this. That's kind of why I think kind of Business Insider and and, uh, Washington Post uh, don't go too depthfully into this because it's like, I don't know, French labor law. Okay. But we can talk about it a little bit. Now, the first thing I wanted to talk about is, and maybe Ian, you could tell me whether whether, uh, Canada at all kind of goes to the Convention for the Protection of Human Rights on any of this stuff. Uh, We do get the site, which is something I always look for. If you're ever kind of reviewing these kinds of cases on your own, I always do try to find what are we what are we looking at in law, because the court is supposed to be evaluating law, uh, and so we've got their labor code L eleven twenty one one and Article ten section one of the Convention for the Protection of Human Rights, which we can look at here. You might recognize this. Article ten is freedom of expression, um, and it's it's not necessarily limited to just the overall concept of freedom of expression. But what we'll see in this case is that this guy believes he was fired, not really for not being fun. Um, So we got the kind of standard headlines trying to make it simpler for people to understand, but for writing letters and critiques to management about how much he thinks it's a problem. Um, And so he wants to say, you can't can't do that. That's my freedom of expression. 
and as we found with Twitter and other things in the United States, uh, if, if you disagree with the boss in the United States about the culture, the direction of the company, for the most part, the law is not going to save you. Um, yeah, you're getting fired. Yeah, that there isn't a given right to have freedom of expression in the context of critiquing your company's uh, decision making or, or cultural positions outside of illegal stuff. Like I said, if you're whistleblowing, that kind of thing, uh, you can get certain protections for that. So this is already taking a different tack that this is even in their Supreme Court um, than it, it would in the United States. You get to see those differences. It's one of the things I like to do in headlines, which is really kind of awesome, is kind of just evaluate these different approaches to these questions. And I'm sure some of you in the chat or in the comments will say this is the right way to do it in the United States is stupid. And, and others of you will say, you know, this is if, if I'm imagining myself running a small business and I hire one guy and that guy, you know, comes off and management is dumb and here's what they should be doing and all this stuff. And you say, you know what, you're, you're not a great fit uh, for this. I wish you <laughs> best of luck. Uh, and then getting sued and having it go to the Supreme Court as violating his freedom of expression. It's like, wow, you can imagine it the other way, too. Right. Um, so. The very first thing he tries to do is get what is translated as nullity of his dismissal. This man gets fired uh, based on this, and he wants it. He wants it overturned. Here's the court response. I believe. Can they actually like they don't really do that in Canada? Like you can get the remedy right. of they pay you a bunch of stuff, but they don't usually give you the remedy of you are actually still employed. Yeah, I think this is something that I would describe as seen more in Europe. Uh, and uh, I mean, usually people don't want that remedy if it was available. Right. Um, Cause like you've pissed off the boss and now they're like, you know, it's like, okay, you get your job back. Um, like often in negotiation, this is one of the things they warn people about in labor law is like, if the company offers the job back as a conciliation, don't take it. That'd be super uncomfortable. Yeah. And they can just ruin your, your time through very subtle ways until you quit. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's weird. It's kind of the analog to um, the law is often not going to reward what we call specific performance. Uh, right. Because it's just not, it's, you, you commission somebody to make a really cool piece of art and you don't like it and they don't deliver it. And, and can you get the court to, to force them to make it for you is, uh, it's not ideal. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, one of the places where they're like super reluctant to um, um, super reluctant for specific performance is anything involving work. Mm -hmm. um, like they will do specific performance sometimes for artworks, not like I am going to make an art, but I, an artwork already exists and yeah, delivery. To, yeah. Yeah. Um, and real estate is the other one where they, I understand we'll sometimes do it in um, businesses in general. I mean, you saw that what was going to be the Twitter lawsuit was for specific yeah. performance. Um, so you, you must it, actually buy Twitter. Yeah. As you get into that kind of sophisticated parties and it's just handing over money, that kind of thing that is more transactional in nature, you'll get specific performance a little bit more often, but it's, if you, you have to do this thing, you have to commit your labor, especially if it's skill-based, right? It's like yeah. the court can't go and enforce that this guy isn't going to do a crap job for you and yeah. so it gets into a real big problem you don't want not only do we not feel comfortable with kind of inching up on slavery we've got an amendment we fought a war bad stuff uh on that from a court level uh it's we can't 
you don't want this. We can't make him do a good job. <laughs> so, so you get into that kind of conversation and it's exactly when I want nullity in my dismissal. I want to work there. Oh, how do you yeah. think that's going to go for you? I feel like, yeah, that's, uh, now we've got yeah, Lord okay. Zenu here saying, let's go state. I don't know which state, maybe all, maybe all states. Um, maybe all state. Don't know. President Palmer. Have no idea. Uh, but uh, thank you, Lord Zenu, for that. Whatever state you're rooting for, I wish them the best of luck. I don't think we have any current states on our uh, on our future. Maybe Georgia. Hard to say. Uh, and uh, Tulip 2, which is $2 super chat. Thank you, Tulip 2. Really appreciate it. Now, Ian... I Maybe that's yeah. a theme. Like they just they super chat two dollars because it's tulip two, tulip two, two. It's the tulip two. I that like would it. be I, yeah. I I think that's good commitment to a bit. <laughs> yeah, no, I like it. I, I agree with that. Uh, William Hawkins says nullity dismissal probably relates to getting a severance package. If terminated for misconduct, you're out the door with no recompense. He wants to be terminated without misconduct. Uh, okay. Possibly. Uh, it. Yeah. You think we, they'd have phrased that as just damages we'll talk about that They're, they are actually fighting over money um and it, it gets wildly unclear as as this particular document goes on just because of the way it's translated and and everything else whoa nobody's gonna get that reference hog see this the sad part about this from co-counsel i don't know what reference she's talking about i don't know <laughs> what i said i don't remember either so i don't know what i referenced that nobody's gonna get uh honey but uh i appreciate it uh, it's, it's, it's all good. It's all good. Now I wanted to say this before we kind of get into the, the weeds here, Ian, have you ever had a situation where something related to work for me, it's closing dinners is where these things kind of happen. Uh, but where you were supposed to go on a team building exercise or retreat or just a, uh, a celebratory meeting, uh, and it got uncomfortable or you didn't want to go and, and you felt pressured to do that. Um, so I've, Got a story from early in my working career. This is before I was doing anything law related. Okay. Um, I was working for the small thing and they were like, hey, we're meeting up at this, you know, and what I took to be the name of a bar. And so I went there and it was a strip club and that was super uncomfortable because um, I'm not a... Strip clubs, I don't really understand the point. It seems to me like a restaurant where you walk in and they make steak, but you never actually eat steak. It's just they walk the, you know, is, isn't this a great looking steak? And and it's just going to like go back into the kitchen. Like, I don't see the point of that. And ultimately, it's just like, you know, I feel like if you are a lonely person that a strip club is the worst place for you because you'll just feel worse. So I was really not enjoying that. And I left earlier, um, you know, and they were basically like, um, hey, you left early. And I was like, yeah, I wasn't feeling it. And they're like, well, now everyone else feels, you know, embarrassed. Mm. And I'm going. But like, um, I, I never wanted to be there. Right. Um, like I, I, so I had that. Um, I got a dressing down from a boss at one point because I, um, uh, and this was the dumbest dressing down I ever got. Um, 
so they had a, the office party and like the office party had like secret santa and uh, you know drinking and all of this now i was stuck i had a trial and we were getting to like four o'clock and we suggested to the judge hey um we've probably got like another four hours of this um can we like roll this on to another day mm -hmm. and the um the judge is like, no, we're finishing this today. It doesn't matter how long we have to be here. So I get out of rural court at 8 p.m. And I'm like, okay. Um, so I drive out, you know, toward back towards town. And then when I call, like I called the boss and was like, hey, um, is the party still going? And they're like, no. And also we need to see you in our office tomorrow. Like, when you come in tomorrow because they were upset that I didn't come into the party. They thought I'd blown them off. And I'm like, so yeah, I was, I was in the point like in getting chewed out and they're like, it's really important that you prioritize this. I'm like, I was in a trial. What do you want me to do? Like walk out and get a contempt of court citation. And they're like, you need to figure these things out better. I'm going, <laughs> You have a better excuse than I usually do because I just have to be honest. I don't like these kinds of things. I, I this is probably no surprise to anybody that watches me regularly, but I don't drink. There's a whole lot of reasons for that. Um, and they really are, for the most part, a closing dinner or a mixer or any of these kinds of things. They're generally excuses to go uh, and, and drink a little bit. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's not, it's not a judgment thing. It's not what I do. Uh, and to be honest... Being being in a room of drunk people uh, as as not drinking isn't always the most fun thing. No, I mean drunk people <laughs> can sometimes be jerks, especially if they get the notion that you're not drinking, and then start trying to hand you a glass of something. And you're yes, like, I, I have I've I have a lot of diet cokes in my day uh, um, because because they can at least sub for one. Uh, well, I mean. Uh, <laughs> Law firms also often have like drinking parties mm -hmm. and sometimes you're like the new lawyer and you're trying to be careful. So I, I may have had a few bars where I've instructed them to be like, yeah, just I'll keep ordering Caesars and you keep serving them with no booze in them, please. Yeah. Well, well, one of the most eye opening where you think about Mad Men or whatever, I'm on an interview at a very large law firm. And, um, you know, I'm in one of the partner's offices and they go to the they go to the the back cabinet and they they pull out whatever it was. I can't remember Maker's Mark, I, whatever it was. Yeah, they, they pulled out they pull out stuff and it starts pouring. And it's like, OK, so now I have a poured glass on an interview with a partner. Um, and uh, OK, so what do we what do we do with this? Uh, so that was, that was fun, but it really did remind me. It's like, okay, now this is interesting. This particular firm I'm looking at, they, they didn't even think about this. They didn't like, yeah. they, it wasn't something across the mind. So now you know something about them, right? You know something about that environment or at least this partner. And it's like, okay, if it didn't even cross your mind to ask that's a concern. <laughs> yeah. That tells me something about the, the corporate culture. And I'll give this warning to, you know, because sometimes I see people in chat and so forth saying, I'm going into law school and so forth. And I, I'll i warn people, like, often when you're a new lawyer, you're sort of looking for any job. Yeah. Um, 
you can end up being really miserable in law if you get a bad job. And it can be really easy to get a job that is worse than being unemployed. Um, so um, law has high rates of burnout in various ways. And you don't want to be the person who has, you know, who finds yourself in a place that you just hate your life. Mm -hmm. So um, make choices on that. Yeah. So I, it's, it's interesting to me because I can totally see where this uh, kind of thing comes from. Yeah. Uh, well, and, I, you know, on the other hand, certainly this is this is the corporate lawyer in me. I, I, I do say, well, I don't know whether you're describing these things accurately or not, Mr. Fired yeah. person. Uh, and well, I do think that employers have an interest in trying to make sure that there is a collaborative atmosphere and that there's a general culture direction um, that, that you kind of focus on. Um, so it's like, well, this is interesting. I also wanted to, the, to flag here, uh, that, uh, Matthew here says he wasn't fired for misconduct. Professional inadequacy is a legitimate reason to fire inference, but it's not misconduct. Misconduct is not going to work, stealing money, stealing things from the company. Um, mm -hmm. and so, yeah, that's, this is one of those where it's like, that's, that's totally fair. We don't, you would never justify this. In fact, the labor lawyer that uh, in America is operating and you're saying, well, you want to fire this guy. If they ask, clients don't usually ask on something like this. Clients, uh, if they ask, uh, you'd say no, no, it's no, you don't, you don't say anything. You, you you refer to the contract. You say it's at will. You say we're exercising our rights under that provision, and you don't give reasons that can be in, turned against. In Canada, you're often very careful. Like employers are often very careful to say, um, "We're terminating your employment," and. Um, please direct any questions to our legal counsel and legal counsel will be like, um, you know, we didn't fire you. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, so no, no. yeah, they're just uh, very careful to, to try mm -hmm. to not give reasons because yeah. typically it's hard to sue over. I got fired for no reason, but it's real easy to sue for. I got fired for a specific bad reason. Right, right. And that's where you, especially in America, you get into the, they fired me because I was old. Like you'll have some person say, oh, they were, they were past this age or they, yeah. you, you know, if you're, if you're really looking at a payday, you know, they, 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 they said, well, we don't want pregnant people here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Make good I, choices, employers. A friend of mine who was a labor lawyer uh, who was celebrating because he took a file on commission and, um, they when they got the uh like the discovery uh there was a whole lot of commentary basically they said we need to identify um people in front-facing positions who are not um in sort of ideal demographics for bringing in uh bringing in customers yep and then the other person said something like what does that mean and they were like fire the black people and the indigenous people and and like they said it real clear and he's like i am celebrating because the dollar amounts on this are gonna be big yep no and and you you think employers are good enough at at this stuff to understand they can't do that um or if you're more cynically minded you think employers are good enough to to code those messages more successfully uh, but uh, it's it's a good thing a that they aren't in the, in the latter area. But two, it's not 
that they will go out there and do these things. I mean, like that's the entire practice of labor law is dealing with employers doing stupid stuff. Oh, um, so, all right, let's get back to this just real, real quickly. Like I said, there isn't a ton to actually dive into here. We looked at the convention for freedom of expression and then France has what you would consider a kind of normal type of law or legal approach here. No one may place restrictions on the rights of persons and individual and collective freedoms. They're not justified by the nature of the task to be performed or proportionate to the aim sought. You can ask for things. Obviously, you're giving up a certain amount of freedom working. You've agreed to it in exchange for money. Um, but they can't ask you to do things that are outside essentially the scope of your employment. Um, and so that's where this fight really lives. Um, in order to dismiss the employee's request for the nullity of his dismissal, the judgment after noting that he was accused in particular of his refusal to accept the company's policy, as well as his disagreement on the methods of management of the partners and critics of their decision. See, this, this part is probably more important. And that's yeah. not as cool of a headline, <laughs> right? Like, I wonder what exactly he was saying, right? Because there's ways to, dis like, you can say, hey, um, I don't want to go to these parties, you know, whatever else. And, you know, you shouldn't make me go to these parties. Like, mm -hmm. okay, that's one thing. But if you're like, hey, you guys are a bunch of idiots and a bunch of alcoholics and, you know, it's stupid that you're making me go to these and I hate you. Like, that's a different statement. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you can't you, you, you'd have reason to fire someone that was just just completely separate in culture. It doesn't mean that they're bad either way, by the way. This in this case, it does. Or at least the court, the lower court finds it. It emerges from various documents submitted, in particular certificates from employees, so interviews with the other people, that the fun and pro in force in the company also resulted in necessary participation in seminars and weekend drinks, frequently generating excessive alcoholism among all participants. So at least as it sounds, they had other employees kind of back this up. Yeah. Encouraged by the associates who made available very large quantities of alcohol. So the associates here is a little bit, we, we'd love to see this in like the original language. That might be the firm itself where you get into real trouble. It might be other yeah. people coming to the parties. Uh, alcohol being mentioned in particular in the restitution of the Cubic 2011 culture workshop. I, I do love it, by the way. If it is just a drinking party and they called it their culture workshop. And by practices advocated by the partners linking promiscuity, bullying, and incitement to various excesses and, and excesses, which is a translation, whatever. Um, so yes, what, what do we, what do we mean by promiscuity, bullying and incitement? Don't know, but that's kind of the state of play as we head into this particular. I kind of, I mean, I feel like the promiscuity is kind of potentially the, the big issue, right? It could be, it could also be referencing drinking. I mean, like when you yeah. translate across languages like that, you can have promiscuous drinking. It, yeah. it comes across as sexualized to us. That's a sexualized word. I'm just not willing to commit to that based on like, you know, Google translate and, and the way this is coming across. Yeah. But we'll get, we'll get there in just a second. He holds that the criticism is made of the employee in the letter of dismissal cannot be considered as a violation of his freedom of expression, such as to render the dismissal null and void. This is the lower court. So that he is really it that in fact, he is criticized for his refusal to accept company policy and comply with operating procedures based on small teams in which cooperation through frequent exchanges is valued on the sharing of fun and pro, and I think that's positive, positive values, by all employees of the company. So the nature of this is, look, it, it isn't that he isn't going to drinking, it's that he isn't a part of the team. 
Uh, and if you're not a part of the team, we need to be able to cut that out of the company. And, and that's that's the finding. And so ruling when it had found that the dismissal was in part based on critical behavior of the employee and his refusal to accept the company's policy based on sharing the values of fun and pro, but also the incitement to various excesses, which are part of his freedom of expression and opinion without an abuse in the exercise of this freedom being characterized. The court of appeal, which did not draw the legal consequences of the finding, violated the aforementioned text. So it's this court is going and saying that the court of appeals did some things wrong. I think if I'm reading this correctly, and God help me, by ignoring yeah. some of the some of the laws that require you to actually analyze this stuff. Uh, so they dismiss the cross appeal. Uh, and then they say they dismiss Mr. T's claims for the nullity of his dismissal for the purpose of ordering his reinstatement in his position. So that doesn't happen despite this exactly. Um, and they award uh, damages. Uh, and then they fight about 461,000 euros is what he asked for. Wow. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know the current going currency conversion rate, uh, but at least that's a lot of money. Case, that's a lot of money. What was this guy's job? Like God Emperor of the Universe? Well, so he's director at at a place. So that's that's yeah, probably okay. pretty high up there. I think director is a little bit closer to officer in this context, but officer is a big deal. Yeah. Um, so these allures Q, if you're not familiar with French, that is basically your your whereas clauses. Yeah. Um, so it says, whereas Mr. T could not be blamed for his failure to integrate to the to these values of the company which resulted in the necessary participation in excessive alcoholism and all this crap um promiscuity bullying and incitement whereas mr t argued that this culture prevailing in the company was characterized by humiliating and intrusive practices in his private life such as mock sexual acts there so there you get their promiscuity yeah that's concerning Whereas it is known as undermining a fundamental freedom constitutionally guaranteed, the dismissal occurred due to the exercise by the employee of his freedom of expression. This isn't what you want to hear if you're the employer, <laughs> as the Supreme Court uh, goes on here. Uh, and then they, they kind of separate this out. And I don't know whether this is a formatting issue again in this context. They go to the next uh, ground of appeal. So we don't actually get the conclusions of this. So we're going to go back to the articles uh, written in English for us. But that's that's how it goes throughout. No employee can be dismissed for having related facts constitutive of moral harassment. Uh, the, the, they talk about the letters and then they also give at least some voice to this is the this is the company saying essentially shouldn't be 400,000 euros, should be about 3,000 in paid leave. It's a, it's a difference there. Yeah, that's um, <laughs> you might still call that a loss. Yeah. Yeah, so it, it continues on here. They're talking about how to count this, whether it was overtime, if we're not allowed to dismiss him for that, all these various things. Uh, here's a, here's another sum. They say it should be 4,000 for this compensatory rest, uh, 481 for related paid leave. Uh, and so all of this is fighting over numbers. We go back to this summary here. And so it's a, it's a win for him. Like that's the, the basic thing that you can find is that, and, and we'll talk about why this headline is maybe a little bit, a little bit under- Understated. It's a win, but it's kind of a... Yes, we're going to get to the numbers. You're, you're exactly right, Ian. You're ready. Yeah. You're, you're, you're lined up for what this court found. Uh, the ruling comes after a man referred to as Mr. T was fired from the Paris consultancy firm Cubic Partners. So they're a consultancy. So they're making a lot of money, maybe saying nothing. You know how it is. Consultants. Uh, in 2015 oh, yeah. for refusing to participate in after work drinks and team building activities. I know there's probably some consultants in the chat. We love you, consultants. Sometimes you were very useful. Oftentimes you were taking advantage of large law firms. 
to give them no particular advice and then putting a $250,000 bill in front of them. I have seen that. I, yeah, I've seen some <laughs> consultant reports where I was like, we should sue these people for fraud. Ah, but, there you go. That's that's Ian, I know. According to the court <laughs> documents, Mr. T joined the firm. We got all that, the background. According to the court, the company's fund values included regular obligatory social events that culminated in excessive alcoholism encouraged by colleagues who made very large quantities of alcohol available. So this is in quotes. I don't know if colleagues is a better fit for that phrase that we were looking at. We saw associates in the way Google translated it. Practices pushed by colleagues involving promiscuity, bullying, and incitement to various excesses. The court, the highest in the French legal system, so they did eventually get there, also outlined various humiliating and intrusive practices promoted by cubic partners, including simulations of sexual acts and the obligation to share a bed with a colleague. Oh, I didn't, I didn't see oh, that. That's summarizing. So that's kind of burying the lead. Yeah, that's uh, in a judgment issued on November 9th, so a couple of weeks ago, the court found that because Mr. T's lack of participation in the company's fund values and critical behavior were reasons cited for his dismissal, he had been wrongfully fired. The court ruled that Mr. T was exercising his freedom of expression by refusing to participate in the company's social activities and that performing this fundamental freedom could not be a reason for his dismissal. Again, I think they they miss the, the fact that he's actually openly criticizing management on this at the time. It's not like he yeah. just skipped the parties. Cubic Partners did not respond immediately to comment from Business Insider. That's not a big surprise. Yeah. Mr. Demand of 461,000 euros, just, just south of half a million U.S. dollars, was previously rejected by the Paris Court of Appeals in 2021. But the recent ruling by the Court of Causation, or Causation partially overturned this judgment. The court ordered Cubic to pay Mr. T 3,000 euros and will examine damages at a later stage. So they have a kind of partial. That's where you see that kind of reference to partial. They go halfway through and say, we'll come back for the number. Um, and uh, so he gets 3,000. That's what they are sure of that he gets. And we're going to talk about this half million. Um, so it's it's not exactly a loss, but it does sound like you don't don't start don't start purchasing your Lamborghinis just yet. Yeah, this um, is not party time. Um, <laughs> well, and this is a person that knows when it's not party time. And yeah, fair. I'm just thinking like sometimes you see newspaper articles that really don't understand court. And like one of them that I can think of is that was they were reporting on this decision where this guy won a hundred dollars. Mm. Um, the decision was in his favor for a hundred dollars with costs to the other side. Oh no. Um, which is something that they can do like that. They have discretion here in Canada. Um, so, um, yeah, they, it wasn't a win. It was like, technically you are correct in law, but you were also such a jerk that we, like, that it was like tens of thousands going back the other way, but he's yeah. nominally the winner. And so the newspaper reported it as he wins. And I'm like, does he though? So, yeah. Well, I think I was reading an article. I think that you had linked to, or you had commented on, on Twitter about a, uh, an advocacy group in Canada being forced to pay for costs on, on something related to like mandates and things like that. And I was like, wow, that's a, that's a big deal for, for a nonprofit organization to be ordered to pay their opponents legal costs. Yeah. Um, I mean, Canada does costs a lot more than the U S does. Mm -hmm. um, okay. Like um, in, in Canada, the usual rule is that costs follow the verdict. Right. So whichever mm -hmm. side wins, usually the other side pays costs, but it's not always the case. Um, so right. 
Well, the philosophical fight that you have across jurisdictions there is that you don't want to disincentivize legitimately possible legal claims um, that you, you, you get costs in the United States for you're frivolous and you're crazy. Don't do that. Um, But otherwise it's like, well, if it's in the gray area at all, we don't want people to not come with that. Um, So that's just kind of a, it's a value proposition based on what country you're looking at. Uh, Yeah. So I imagine at least on the margins, there's somebody that could have a colorable legal claim that says I can't risk it if I have to pay 150 grand and you know, the other, the other side's legal costs. Um, So it's interesting. It's an interesting conversation. That's what I like about these headlines it's like, well, that's interesting in France because um, you could definitely have, based on some of the stuff mentioned there, you could definitely have like a harassment compla- complaint. You could definitely have a report to whatever your equivalent state EEOC body is. You could have these kinds of things based on what's described, but you wouldn't necessarily have an action for dismissal unless it was like following that whistleblower action because then all hell breaks loose. Uh, yeah. if, 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 you're, if you're one of the reporting people and then they fire you and they have to make some, it's a whole thing. Uh, but uh, in, in France here, you don't see that. I see questions in the chat. It's like, well, couldn't you bring a sexual harassment complaint or something along those lines? Well, you know, the, the sharing of the bed is, uh, you don't actually have the, the, the thing that ties you to harassment there, at least as alleged. Uh, but absolutely you could, but that doesn't mean that you have to. This particular individual said, I want, I want the salary. Um, potentially I want my job back if that's what's required to get the salary. Uh, and, uh, that's, that's the fight he wants to have. Doesn't yeah. want to go to the parties, criticize his management about the parties. Uh, and then management said, you're not cubic material <laughs> to which he probably said, you're right. Uh, yeah. but you're not allowed. To I agree. That. Cubic <laughs> material seems to, and I mean, the thing about sharing a bed is that I don't really know necessarily what that means in this context. Cause that's one of those things where it's like, that could mean that they are basically expecting people to, to, you know, sleep Have with each other in the non-sleeping fashion. Um, <laughs> or it could just mean like, Hey, we just aren't paying for enough beds. And right. Well, that's but the first thing that jumps into my head. This is sad. Is like, Oh, they're, they're being cheap at a motel. They're, they're being cheap at the hotel where their retreat is or their party yeah. is. And I mean, I have had to fight with law firms where they're like, you and an assistant are going to a conference or like you and a junior female lawyer are going to, um, you know, an out of town multi, you know, like extensive court thing. And you're going to share a hotel room. And I'm like, and we're not, though, like, like, right. that's just a no. So um, no, I hear that. And Nicholas, thank you for the super chat. I will hopefully have a great fifth year of content. The, f- the, the five-year anniversary, just to give you kind of some of the behind the scenes uh, of the channel, was always where in the back of my head I said, we are going to evaluate on the five-year anniversary as to whether this makes sense to keep going, to do these various things. It obviously does at this point. But Ian, when he was talking earlier in the video, I, I anybody that starts this, it, law firms are asking me about this all the time. It's like, understand you're going to you're going to question the use of your time and life choices yes. for like at least a year uh because it'll be to 12 people it'll it'll be like what am i doing uh you're a lawyer you should be billing this time you know that kind of thought process uh and yeah. so yeah well and plus you get stuff like just random people like you know especially when you start to get some traction you get people going like isn't this bad for your brand? And I'm like, 
no. <laughs> like it's uh it's complicated. It is, so, but you also get the people that are just, you know, uh, it's like, oh, if you were if you were a real lawyer, you wouldn't be on YouTube. It's like I I enjoy having these conversations. I don't know what that I'm, what that <laughs> distinguishes from uh anything else that I otherwise do. Life is too short, folks to get told you shouldn't do something because it looks bad or because uh, you, you're not a real lawyer or whatever on these things. It's um, well, yeah. And the other really uh, obnoxious thing about all of that is like, I do the YouTube because I want to do the, I would like to one day get to a point where I can do the real lawyering for free rather than sending people bills. And right, that would be my goal is just to, so like, yeah, um, I'm a real lawyer. I just, I hate billing like that is so um, if I can do the lawyering entirely like supported by people who actually want to send me money as opposed to like, I will, you know, lose my life if I don't have this guy's help, mm -hmm. then I just want to help people who can't otherwise afford it. That's, that's my goal. And yeah. So that all that stuff always just annoys the the heck out of me because I'm just like. So you have to get used to that, certainly. And it's a transition period. I These kinds of platforms, this kind of content, these kinds of conversations are still really young. Um, and law firms are notoriously slow to adopt basically anything uh, yeah. in, in terms of technology changes, marketing, whatever it might be. Um, and I'm happy to tell you, you know, this this channel started as like, well, Let's make sure people know the firm is out there. Hopefully I present as a smart person that you might think of hiring. So it was a marketing kind of thing uh, and it's grown from there, but it's still, uh, you, you have to like doing it. And if you're talking to somebody that's going to start it, it's like, yeah, as Ian said, you might get a death threat on something completely silly uh, and <laughs> you're going to get some trolls and you're going to get people saying, well, you know, you, you must not have enough clients or enough to do or whatever. Uh, and it's, uh, it's a, it's an interesting life. I think, I think EDB says it's a very strange world. Uh, and I think yep. that's, I think that's very accurate. Um, so. I certainly didn't know what I was getting into when I started. No, ain't that the truth? So I'm just going <laughs> to talk into this microphone and we're going to say some things about fallout 76 and, you know, maybe I guess some people will like it. And then it's a thousand videos later and you're like, well, thank you for the super chat on this live stream show that I do in the mornings now. Uh, and, uh, I, and as we enter the fifth year, it's, uh, it's crazy, but I really appreciate it, Nicholas. I, re I really do. Uh, and we also got Maxime here talking a little bit about France. So people can be let go in France, but most contracts have a severance package. Sure. Being fired removes the burden on the company to deliver the severance package. It's kind of the same deal. Um, it's kind of a cause notion. Uh, even if you're at will, you can have bonuses, severance uh, for getting fired without cause uh, in the United States. Uh, and that sounds like a similar kind of concept here uh, in France. So that, that's good to know, Maxime. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah. There's a super chat that's got a lot of useful info right there. Okay. All right. We will, uh, we will just get right at the bottom there. I will get there. I want to make sure I don't skip anybody. Ashram, was he on the clock for these parties? I wonder. That's kind of what he's arguing, right? If it's a mandate, then he should be. Um, he yeah. should be on the clock. And that's that's one of the things they're fighting about in those paragraphs I skipped because it's not, I don't have expertise in French law on these topics. And it's it's kind of inside baseball. It's where these numbers are. 
Maxime says associates equals partners. Maxime is, uh, has said, I, I saw in an earlier chat that associates is the reference to people that have equity uh, in an enterprise. Fired equals removals with no severance package. Dismissal is justified economic, personal, or mutual consent with a severance package. Um, so the, the fight here does seem to be legitimately like it sounds like he wanted to work there again. Um, and that's that's interesting in and of itself. So thank you, Maxime. I really appreciate it. Like I said, know enough to be dangerous on this stuff. And of course, as part of headlines, we're always analyzing whether they give us the whole story. And I think for the most part, both the Washington Post, Business Insider, a number of other places covered this. They went for the easy kind of comedic, oh, that's a funny thing, <laughs> right? French man wins right to not be fun at work, which is a part of it. Um, yeah. But it's also, you know, he's he's accusing them of all sorts of chicanery uh, at these parties and not being comfortable with it and criticizes the company openly. And that leads into this kind of freedom of expression. It's why he won um, as much as he did, I think, is it's like, well, they, they kind of say it's about firing you for what you said to management. Uh, and I think it's probably at least a little bit more closely analyzed if it's just you don't show up at parties. So... In any event, thank you so much to uh, Maxime for jumping in on this uh, with some French knowledge. Uh, and like I said, the Wall Street, uh, the Wall Street Journal, I keep wanting to call them the Wall Street Journal. The Washington Post uh, says basically the same stuff, almost paragraph for paragraph, the Business Insider. And then they bring in some more. I, I'm always interested at in what these companies, the masthead media here, do for um, like extra color. Like Washington Post is not happy with just this, which is just very short. Here's what happened. Um, and nobody nobody responds uh, to us for comments. <laughs> the Washington Post kind of adds this talking just in general about drinking. It's not the first time a company's drinking culture has come under the microscope in court proceedings. A number of recent incidents have highlighted the entrenchment of alcohol in white collar professional culture, even after the Me Too movement shown a spotlight on workplace misconduct globally. Some firms have introduced booze chaperones at company events in hoping of avoiding such issues. Now, obviously, even though this is about like multiple jurisdictions, Washington Post is starting to bring in Americanism here. Yeah. Right. So talking about um, America stuff in particular, and I will tell you this, I said this when we were going over some of the kind of Johnny Depp stuff that we were seeing and some of the other things that we've seen with Activision in California is that if you, if you go talk to the legal counsel, general counsel, outside counsel for a company now, whether in video games or somewhere else, even if it's a hip, cool industry, and they talk about having a keg at the reception desk, which some of them do, um, you're going to get from the lawyers, no, don't, don't do that. <laughs> don't, no, don't, don't have beer parties on the office grounds. Don't bring in the keg to have as fully available. Uh, because it does lead to these kinds of stories. And this is how lawyers get their reputation as being wet blankets. Uh, oh, yeah. There's, it, it's easy enough to see, oh, you're just adding liability. You're not getting kind of what you want out of it. You have, if you're providing the alcohol, you also get into like weird dram shop law stuff. If if one of your employees, you know, accidentally uh, hits somebody on the way home, exactly what was your responsibility as a company? You got all this stuff that gets dragged into this. And so- there are workplaces that have this kind of mentality and that that is changing. It's actually arguably changed mostly in the last two decades before all of this. Uh, but it is still something that 
the Washington Post wants to discuss. An auditor at PricewaterhouseCoopers in England sued the company over severe injuries he sustained at a work event that made a competitive virtue of excessive drinking in a lawsuit filed in London's high court this year. Michael Brockie fell down in the street, went into a coma, and later had part of his skull removed after participating in the company event, the Post reported. And then we, we can get into all sorts of philosophical fights about this, right? Because it's like, okay, if he's at a company event, how much was the company responsible for his actions at that event? Did they make the alcohol available? Did they actually make it a competitive virtue to excessively drink? You know, is, is, there, a, is there a board member with a megaphone yelling chug, chug, chug? And, and where does the company's responsibility and the individual's agency end uh, is, is part of this story. But it's also something that's easily avoided. This is, this is why HR or the lawyers say, don't, just don't go down this road yeah. at all. <laughs> uh, and, and so that's why uh, if you do get mad at the lawyers uh, or HR on these kinds of topics, it, it, it's because of stories like this. In March, insurance marketplace Lloyd's London fine member firm Atrium Underwriters, a record one million pounds for serious failures, including a boys' night out where employees, among them two senior executives, took part in inappropriate initiation games and heavy drinking and made sexual comments about female colleagues. Uh, and honestly, in the, in, the, in the modern kind of human resources, like, guys, this is where you're going to get into real trouble. Um, and so if, you, if you ask a lawyer... Can we do something and the next word is initiation or it comes up in the next phrase? <laughs> they're going to be like, good, no. <laughs> like, Thank you for asking me that and not putting it in an email. Also, no. Yeah. <laughs> and if you do it anyway, um, please expect to pay all the money. Like, right. That's when the lawyer says, hmm, I think I should write down that we had that conversation. Excellent. Yep. And that I, I advised <laughs> against it. And I also said, you know, that you will have to pay all the money. And then here's a random aside to finish off the article at the Washington Post. France is among the world's most liberal countries in terms of alcohol consumption. The legal minimum age for consuming alcohol in public is 18, but there is no regulation of alcohol consumption in private. Hmm. Okay, Washington Post. Neat. <laughs> Fair enough. Also, I'm not entirely certain exactly how many United States jurisdictions have regulation of alcohol consumption in private. Probably not as many as you think. Also, um, are any of these people underage or is this just completely irrelevant? There's no reason to believe they're underage. This is this yeah. is just kind of like a dump on France at the end. I, I well, don't I mean, know. That is an American tradition. <laughs> It just seems it's a non sequitur. By the way, those those French people are very different from you or I. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. Uh, so I did thought I did think that was funny because fully half this article is like, look at all these times drinking has caused trouble. Yeah, true, true. Washington Post, uh, true. Uh, but yeah, they they don't have anything more than the other article. They just kind of fleshed it out uh, with with extra stuff, and so. You know, that, I want to talk about that as kind of headlines. Uh, I want to talk about a fun story to get us back rolling on this kind of stuff. I wanted to talk about some of those stories that I mentioned being offered drinks at my interview with the law firm. Certainly, um, I, it certainly would have been viewed badly. I would have had a closed-door meeting. I might have had a closed-door meeting. It's a long career. Um, about not going to a closing dinner. You know, you're supposed to make the clients feel good about the bill you just gave them. You know, that kind of thing is part and parcel to that process. 
Uh, and it was never, it was never very much fun. And so what's funny is that you do have those circumstances where closing dinner can go for six hours. Um, and, uh, I, I definitely left early for the most part, early being three hours <laughs> at a closing dinner to, you know, go see if I could catch my kids before they went to sleep and things like that. Uh, and, and I definitely, I definitely got talked to, uh, about the, the that kind of participation and, and the need to. Yeah. Um, Are you sure you're a team player if you're not staying the whole time? Right, right. That kind of thing. And lightly, because my the partners at my firm were a lot smarter than some of these things you see referenced. Much more close to like, you know, you sure you're dedicated to this, that kind of thing. Right. Um, you know, and I've, I've said the story before. This literally did happen. But I, later on in my career, there would be a you can either be a family man or a firm man. It's like, well, OK, good to know. All right. Yep. Goodbye. <laughs> but it's, like, that is literally the day when I started planning my exit. I mean, it, it literally is. That's that is that is how it went. Um, yeah. Uh, employers never ask somebody to choose between their kids and your your for like. Because why would you even want to keep the person who makes that other choice? Yeah. Well, I mean, to some extent, big law firms want the want the, uh, the the gear in the machine that has no other wants, needs or desires and is willing to give all to the to the firm, but it's, uh, it was easy for me as I like to describe it. It sounded like a Disney villain. Like it was just so over the top. I was like, really? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I would oh, this is unrealistic. <laughs> Did he actually just say that? Okay. Neat. Well, it's funny because um, it was, it was with my, it was with my senior partners at, at the room that was for like the evaluation. It was like an end of year evaluation. And then I went over to my mentor and I was like, so that just happened. Um, and I'm going to be working on leaving. <laughs> like, that's what I did. Uh, and and uh, your mentor was probably like, oh, yeah, fair play. Nope, my, no, my mentor was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I mean, like, and then it took a year and a half. Like, it just I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a lawyer. I'm very risk averse. I'm trying to plan out all the steps. Um, but it was uh, that was exactly what happened in that context. Uh, Nicholas has a comment bit behind EU constitution has to be integrated into EU members fundamentals. EU constitution trumps individual members constitutional EU court is like your SCOTUS simplified. Right. So the French highest court is not necessarily the highest jurisdiction on some of this stuff. Uh, but it certainly sounds like it's in line with uh, the, the European conventions um, for what they were looking at in this particular story. Thank you for that, Nicholas. I appreciate it. Um, certainly it's, it's always interesting to see other, other kind of judicial frameworks. Tim Riggs, poor decision-making knows no rank. That is true. That is absolutely true. Poor decision-making can exist at all levels that you don't need to be the, the new associate. You got senior partners doing all sorts of stupid stuff. Um, and the law firm, <laughs> the law firm want an emotionless robot. Where are my robot lawyers hope? The problem is when you get up to a certain level that has that conversation or one like it, you're going to get a certain type of lawyer. Um, and so you, you maybe aren't going to be happy with that. They're not robots necessarily, but they've made life choices. And I always tell this to people, you got to make your own choices. Nobody's going to protect you from overwork on, from a law firm. No one's going to be able to stop you from doing whatever it is that they ask. So you got to be able to evaluate those things on your own. That was when I was a mentor, that was, they will, they will take everything you give them. So you have to figure out exactly how, how willing you are to do that and, and where your borderlines are. So that's the, that's the way of things, at least in the United States, at least a big law. 
Uh, and uh, obviously I got out of there. So I'm of a, I'm of a certain type of personality anyway. Um, but uh, it is, uh, it is interesting. It's interesting. I don't regret my time, uh, but it is, I'm very glad I'm not doing it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Ian, I just wanted to say thank you for coming here and hanging out with us uh, this oh. morning. Thank you uh, for uh, sort of uh, giving me something to do uh, that's a little more productive with my insomnia. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear about it. Honestly, I wish well, uh, just uh, I wish we were getting more sleep. It's the uh, the nature of life. Sometimes it's uh, you, you know when you got back pain and attention deficit, it's sort of one of those things where you're just like, "Yep, this is going to happen." Sometimes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm very sorry to hear it. You got anything going on this week? Um, nothing super interesting. Um, I'm, well, the video work I'm working on pitch. right now <laughs> is, uh, I think it's going to be a fun one. Good. Um, it's, uh, it's about a U.S. case that nobody else is really covering because it's a weird gun case. Okay. Uh, but, um, uh, there's some interesting allegations about what the, uh, whether they've been properly responding to document requests and so forth. And, you know, how big of a deal is it if you don't provide documents you were supposed to? If you just ignore the court orders? <laughs> yeah, like, just like, hey, these documents are inconvenient. Let's just not. Is that a thing that you can do? Hmm, I'm interested in hearing more about that in your video, Ian. Because, uh, yeah, it's... Um, that's the kind of thing that gets um, it's a way to turn a bad legal case into a really interestingly bad legal case. <laughs> um, Some people think they're above the law. There's certainly no question there. Yeah. And these are not like irrelevant documents. They're like, Hey, the stuff that completely torches our case, we decided not to share. It's like, I can. I think you could argue that some of the games that Elon Musk and his team were playing with respect to the Twitter deal in October led to the outcome that you saw. Like the court was clearly getting upset about their their uh, discovery deliveries, um, and uh, I think that that's that's part of why he decides to say, "All right, fine." <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, Mrs. Hoglaw. Before we finish off today, wanted to flag for me a specific question. Knock on the door and everything. So she says, great question. Sibling Creature asks, did you ever envision live streaming with others when you started? And how did that change things when you started that? All right, Sibling Creature and co-counsel, of course. I would say the answer to that is no. Um, so I had a couple of goals when I started virtual legality. And one of them was to be able to fit them into my workday. Um, and uh, so that involved a couple of things that you could certainly see throughout, especially the first three years of virtual legality. One I didn't want to have to deal with a camera um, because I didn't want to have to think about multiple things and it always takes a little bit of extra setup. Now I figured that out. It's not perfect. I certainly don't look <laughs> as awesome as some of my colleagues with their super high definition cameras. You just can go look at, you know, you can see Law and Lumber's pores if you want to and he does all this stuff. Uh, and you know that there's and... people in the chat who definitely want to. <laughs> Anytime we can zing Rob, I think it's worth it. <laughs> it's worth it to spend the time. Yeah, no. And, and so, you know, I eat, mine is still, you know, a, a, a cheapo Logitech camera. Uh, it now has a light uh, because people were complaining about my shadows and things like that. But early days of virtual legality was how can you get from farm to table as quickly as possible? No video. Try to do it in one take. 
limited editing, kind of almost a podcast format with a visual aid type style. Uh, and so it was never really the intent of the channel to go and do live streaming and then, or to, to be on with people. In fact, it took me a while to figure out buttons and StreamYard has been great at that. We complain about StreamYard because it's not perfect, uh, but it is it is video streaming and, and broadcasting for dummies. And I love it. I, I couldn't do any of this without as easy as it is uh, on StreamYard. Uh, and so I think that the way the story goes is like sometime, I want to say at the tail end of year two, Alita uh, of Legal Bites contacts me uh, and says, uh, do you want to do something together? Um, and I, I don't even remember the context, really. But she reaches out to and me. And you're like, no, uh, that's not what I do. Well, because I'd already, I think at that point in time, Nate and Kurt had reached out to me. And I was just like, I, I do these very specific kind of podcast type things. I get them out. I, I prep everything and I, I talk over them. And I'm like, I'm not really a trial lawyer. I don't know what y'all want to talk about. And uh, Alita sends things. I, I, I checked on, but Lita sends a couple of video clips, which the interesting thing about this, you want the full behind the scenes on all this is, is like, people ask me to be on podcast. People ask me to come on the channel, all these kind of things. Like I always ask for what I, I talk about as a representative sample of, of yeah. like what they're about. And I, I try to, I watch them or, or listen to them. Um, and Alita was just getting started. And I was like, I, I think this is, I think this is a good voice to have on YouTube. I need to figure out these buttons anyway. Not to take anything away from you, Alita. Uh, but part, part of it was, I, I should figure out how to do this if and when it made sense. I had somebody ask me to review a book. Then they wanted the authors to come on, which you can also go and see that video from about that time. And I'm like, all right, I need to figure out more buttons. So Alita comes on and it's like, oh, that worked out well. But I'm still, again, I'm a lawyer. I'm a corporate lawyer. I'm a risk-averse uh, person. So it's like, I'm still like, I can't control what people say on my channel. Uh, so I get... I get a little bit concerned. And so I basically don't have anybody on after that for a while. Um, yeah. And then I get invites. I get an invite to Nick's Rittenhouse stream. Uh, I, I go on that. Um, that kind of dovetails into working more with people. Um, I think I, I think shortly before that, I meet Emily. Um, I kind of started and I basically knew about one ch legal channel, which was... Uh, like Leonard French. Right. I've been on Leonard French's channel. He's, he's very nice to the channel. I've, um, I've, I've reached out to him, but I've never been on his channel. He's just kind of scatterbrained. Like I am. Yeah, he is. So but he's, he's like, great. yeah, let's, let's do that. And then he forgets about it. And I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> that you do get used to that as well, which is like, we set up a lot of stuff halfway. <laughs> oh, we've ourselves. been trying to do like a proper video gate, like set up like a proper. We're going to do that. We are going to do that. 2023, Ian and Rick hang out and talk about nothing but video games or nerd stuff. But uh, I didn't actually know a lot of other channels existed until um, I started getting people saying, you need to get in touch with Viva Fry um, and go on his channel. So I sent him a message. And what often happens when you message big creators, which is they don't notice it. Sure. <laughs> and so... People eventually started telling Viva that he had to like have me on, and he's like, "I I'm kind of embarrassed because I looked, I went to message you, and I saw that you had already messaged me some time ago, and I missed it." And I was like, "I get it, man. Like it's all good." Uh, so I went on his channel, and then from there I found out like I got people going, "You need to go on Nick Rakata's channel," and I was like, 
So I watched that. I saw he was doing the Rittenhouse coverage. And I'm like, this is super cool. So I sent him a message. And I mean, he had every right to say like, hey, you're a Canadian, you know, with like a, you know, I had a much smaller following, like, go away. But yeah, I mean, it's. But live streaming with other people is kind of terrifying. I've had mm -hmm. some bad experiences. Yeah, you never know what somebody's going to say, especially with you on stream and how to handle that. And there's always interesting circumstances. Um, yeah, I, I went on like a very small creator's channel and yeah. um, I was just like, nope, um, you guys are advocating committing crimes. Um, please don't like not while I'm here. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's the real risk. So I will say that the answer is no, because I, you know, I'm. Uh, well, it's just I I I, I like control uh, over over messaging and uh, whatever it might be, and so it was always something where it's like, okay, what do I do with that? And you can see even in the last year, I don't need to give additional details. I don't think uh, that you know things have happened with me on stream. Things have happened on this channel with with people saying, you know, that person said X, and you didn't properly castigate them, uh, or or things along those lines, and almost always polite. DMs and uh, it, we have, you know, good conversations, uh, but it's a trick. Um, yeah, and so I mean, people really expect you to police what your sort of guests say. And sometimes that's hard because it's like your guests have opinions and, um, you know, you're not necessarily responsible for the opinions of everyone in the universe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, no, exactly. And Tim Riggs says, I found you and Leonard were my, were my first legal channels on YouTube. That's either me or you, Ian. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, it, people find folks in different ways. We got references to some of the podcasts that I do. First place I found you was Work to Game podcast about the Blizzard explosion. Uh, yep, nope, I, I, I've done those. Uh, Joshua says I couldn't ex escape legal legal hitting the mainstream. Right, so that's uh, that's a few years ago. Uh, and you know, I, legal legal, as I've often said in this space, has been nothing but kind to the channel, uh, including when I did a video that was called Legal Legal's Wrong on Coppa. <laughs> <laughs> Which I've had we, no interaction with Legal Eagle at all. Um, That's how we I met. Just, I did a video saying he's wrong, uh, and he took it in stride. I mean, that's sort of the ideal of, for lawyers, right? Because you, mm -hmm. uh, we deal with so much, you know, disagreement in our, you know, in our practices and so forth. Yeah. Um, I actually had a lawyer quite recently where we had a very pronounced disagreement like we were like we had strong feelings about a legal issue and ultimately he came back and he's like you were right on this one and i mean i it could have been either way sure. uh, but uh and he's like let me you know let me say thank you and sort of you know we just sort of hung out and had a beer because it was like yeah you know well that's, that's ideal Reasonable minds can differ. You don't have to believe the other side is acting in bad faith. You have a different opinion. Lawyers, I would like to think, are more used to that than most. I, I, I tend to tell people you got four lawyers, you're going to get six opinions. But <laughs> it's, uh, it, yeah, it's it's interesting because you, you also have what I would describe as bad lawyering uh, on the YouTubes and things like that, where people do just stick in the mud uh, and, you know, ad hominem attack other folks. And I think you got to be careful about that. And you got to be careful because I don't want ad hominem attacks on the channel and, and it's it's a trick. It is a trick to try to do. And every single time, basically, I'm a little bit concerned about it. Um, here, here you go. Uh, this is uh, legal, legal to EDB to Nate Alita and Uncivil to Hogue. There you go. 
Yeah. And then I mean, people presumably from Hope to Ian, if, if you didn't already know Ian, Katie. <laughs> people have different sort of paths to figuring out, like, what's out there, right? Yeah. Um, That's exactly I, how I my experience is with, like, movie criticism or whatever else I'm looking at online, right? It's like you just go and you find things and you collaborate and you work with people. And certainly there is value in that. Uh, but you do want to try to match things up. There are places where I think you can have audience mismatches. I think you can have instances where it's not a great fit and then people get upset on either side of those kinds of things. Um, and uh, it's, yeah, it, I didn't mean for this to become like a behind the scenes on like running a, a YouTube <laughs> channel, but there are so many considerations that we all think about. It's one of the reasons we're like on a chat is like this, this weird thing and this weird thing and this weird thing. Uh, and it is harder than it looks if we're doing things right. Sometimes we make it look pretty hard, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. Um, it's a weird world sometimes. It's a weird... Um, and then... Did I lose you? We lost Ian for a second. We'll do Renee's super chat while Ian gets his mic up. Hope Runkle can do pro bono work soon. I think he already does pro bono work, but then he could do it like as his thing. White heart about that's awesome, Renee. I just hope to one day be able to do that exclusively. Like mm -hmm. just I run a firm where I send no bills. Um is kind of the, the goal. Um but yeah, it's it's weird the sort of like the when you say audience clash, like I've had that in a big way because you know I do gun stuff and yeah. I also um, so, you know, I get people sometimes in the chat who are like, I like your content on this, but I hate your opinion on guns. I'm like, I'm just going to tell you, um, I have opinion, like on anything, there's going to be people who disagree with me. And, um, you know, I, I don't want to, you know, make too bold a pronouncement here, but I'm willing to guarantee that we don't agree on everything in law or otherwise. Oh, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> all I have to do is say immortality. I was no. going to say, there's some video <laughs> games we could mention. But, like, even just within your audience, sometimes you'll have disagreements when you're like, I have, um, I hold to certain legal principles. Like, um, I was at the Depp trial, and I'd walk out, and I'd be like, I thought Rittenborn actually had the right argument in his closing here. Yep. Um, I don't, you know, and I think he moved the needle a little bit, and I had like 500 angry messages and I'm going, um, okay. Um, but like, that's, that's what the I job. think. Like yeah, that's, that's the job. That I, was actually my legal analysis on this. Like, do you just want me to tell you stuff? And I mean, I'm not going to name any names cause I don't like no. drama, but nope. there were some people who sometimes were like all of this stuff, you know, everything is always the best case outcome. And I'm going, that's never how law works. Yeah. Right? Well, and I've said that before. I said, look, here's the deal. If I'm to have any value at all, I'm going to have to give my honest opinion. Uh, and I had a moment like that while covering it on Alita's Legal Bites uh, channel uh, where, yeah. you know, they, they transitioned into Amber Heard's case. And I said, well, look, I, there, there's space here. I'm, I'm interested in hearing what she has to say. Uh, you know, and, and, and those kinds of things. And I got a bunch of messages it's like, it's obvious as all heck. It's like, well, part of that is because a lot of folks had more information than me. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That was the, other you got tapes and things that I don't know exist. Uh, 
that was the other thing because like both you and I were sort of limiting our information on that to try to and so there were moments where it was like you know the chat is like listen to the tapes I'm like but the tapes aren't in evidence yet right um so I don't know about the tapes because I'm trying to do legal analysis on this and I'm going if I get all of this information that is inadmissible I might have trouble separating out in my head which things are in and which things are out. Yep. Because, I mean, I've had trials where you walk out and, you know, there have been contentious evidentiary issues. Mm -hmm. And I'm going like, you know, I've got like a checklist of which videos went in and I'll have to watch, for instance, watch all the videos that didn't go in just so I know what things aren't being considered. And I'm like, okay, you know what can I do with this case? Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I sort of started, uh, like, I can remember the moments, like, I started out with the depth trial basically going, why are all you guys interested in this? Is it just because there's a celebrity? Because legally, this is boring. It's kind of what I thought at the I think he said that. I think he said, it's a defamation case. What are y'all doing? <laughs> yeah it's like well not just defamation but it's defamation against a celebrity yep which i mean you can say a lot about celebrities without catching a defamation thing because it's just like i heard a rumor and i believed it is often good enough yeah um, depending on the like the nature of the rumor but and again talk to a lawyer if you're considering something that might be def defamatory especially against somebody who might be able to fund a lawsuit against you. But, sure. um, you know, it's like, I was like, this is not going anywhere. And then I was basically popping on channels because I just like hanging out with people. That's the other thing about these things is you're just hanging out with friends, right? You get to have conversations. Um, and I was like, holy crap, there's actually potentially a case here. Yeah. I was I was surprised uh, by that too. <laughs> I I was just like, wow, um this is really a case. Um okay. Uh let's So, yeah, and then of course I end up actually in <laughs> in you Virginia. Do, you fly down. I love it. Ten years is my biggest issue. We've got Nurse Liz in the chat and she was one of the heroes of the whole uh, Virginia setting up line stuff. All right, I'll try to grab that. Tim Rank says, my biggest issue with Legal Eagles content is that it always comes across to me as very surface level, too quick hit for me with not enough depth. I like long form content too much, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. what I like about Legal Eagle is that he brings these complicated notions uh, to the to the people with that glossiness, right? One thing you can never expect from me is the level of glossiness that Legal Eagle brings to the table. There's a there's an actual cable news program type approach to editing and things that he does over there. Uh, and my hope is that that helps as kind of a gateway, right? Like he reaches however That's... many millions of people that he does. And if you want to know more, you've got longer form content because he's never, as far as I know, he's never going to do that. That's um, the thing is sometimes he's got like, here's a six minute video. And, mm -hmm. you know, I'm like, this is a complicated legal issue and you did pretty good in six minutes, but like, Sometimes it summarizes too much. Look, I'm never yeah. going to say any of us are perfect on any of this stuff. We're human beings just like anybody else. And I oh, do yeah. get the understanding of legal, legal sometimes, you know, hits the summation a little hard for what he's actually presented. But, but brings I think so many, I, he, he brings so many people into like, let's analyze this 
like a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I don't always agree with his takes either. Um, yeah, no, but, but I do think that he makes takes that are at least like that he's at least trying to reason through things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I appreciate that sometimes he's going and doing takes that are like, I don't like this outcome, but it appears to be what the law says. And yeah, yeah. No, he's a little politicized. I mean, like people have asked me to do more of those stuff and like responses to things like this. No, no, no. I'm oh. not going to do politics much here. Uh, well, but I, I get people asking me to do like a response video to legal legal stuff. And I'm like, I, I, I don't want to like throw rocks at legal eagle. No. So, um, even if I think he's wrong, I'll just do my own video and not like throw rocks at him specifically. Well, um, like I said, I want to give him full credit for the name of my video was legal eagles wrong on Coppa. He reaches out and says, I think you're right. Do you want to do some videos on my channel? Cool. <laughs> that, I mean, that gets tremendous. Yeah. You know, Somebody who can say, hey, I'm, you know, I was wrong on, or I think you've got the right thing. Hey, I'm going to reach out. That's pretty cool. Yeah, he um, could have smashed the channel before it started. I mean, like, oh, I mean, I don't know what somebody, I was doing. <laughs> somebody like that can, like, send a lot of hate your way, too. Yeah, absolutely. I, so Nick says, 30 plus years as a union rep in labor law. The stories I can't tell. I believe it. I believe even That's as attorneys, the- I think we have all those where it's just like, can't, can't talk about that that's the thing about law is like you can sort of tell stories, but they have to be sufficiently vague that nobody could possibly connect it to a human. And like, exactly. Nurse so it's Liz, like once somebody stole a car. <laughs> yes. There was a company. It was large. You would recognize it, but it was a large company. And then, uh, yeah. Nurse Liz, good morning. I'm assuming you had a great weekend. Hogue. I had the best. I highly recommend my weekend for anybody else in whatever makes you as happy as I was happy on Saturday, go, go find it. My Michigan state heart. But this is a, <laughs> this is a family friendly channel. So limit hey, that down. Yeah. <laughs> you know, go find your bliss is just pleased. You destroyed enemy. Number one. Ha 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 ha. Hey, thank you. Nurse Liz. Thank you. Deanna B Ian's live stream. Trudeau testifying was great. Love law too. You live stream Trudeau. Yeah, he was testifying at the Emergencies Act inquiry. Um, oh, okay. And some of the things he said uh, were concerning. Questionable. Um, well, um, yeah. one of the quotes was, sometimes people, or people were using protests to demand changes from their government, and I found that very worrying. And I'm like, I actually find that response worrying because... Sure. Like, that's what protest is for. Yeah, it's petition, um, petition your government. Absolutely. I mean, the problem is, is it's a protest that's very unpopular, right? And argue, like, lots of people don't like them, and that's fair. Like, I, you don't have to like a protest. But um, I just am like, I'm concerned that the, of the measures that we take to suppress protests. Because the same measures that can be used to suppress protests you don't like can be used to suppress ones you do. So, um, I can also say it was a really wildly unsuccessful, uh, live stream because there were so many people who were watching it who were going like, Hey, um, love your content, but dibs out because I can't stand listening to this guy. Um, <laughs> uh, 
Yeah. Well, I think I live streamed for like eight hours. Oh my god. And the suit and I got no sleep, so I was like running on empty for this. So it was like absolutely painful. And then from that I had to transition into something else with like no sleep. So I really messed up my whole sleep schedule in my day. And like he was so depressing that nobody was wanting to like super chat or anything like that. So it was like eight hours and like forty dollars. I'm just well, like, I'm glad you got a kudos here. Sorry it went <laughs> to me. I'll Venmo that to you, Ian. Uh, oh, no, it's all but, good. It was but just it's, I know those days. I, I know those days. That's uh that well, is and, a lot. And I just found it depressing too at the end of it. Like you're just sure. sitting there watching this thing and I'm just like I hate that this is our country right now. Um, that is another I, uh, aspect of this job. You do you do dive into a lot of stuff that you might not otherwise, or you'd let glance off you, uh, and you talk about a lot of serious stuff. It's one of the reasons Hangouts and Headlines has kind of become the non-video game portion of my channel, but also uh, I have a lot more lighter stuff than people might be expecting because it's just sometimes you can only do so many of, like, let's talk about fundamental liberties. <laughs> yeah, I kind of feel like I need to set up something that's akin to this, like just a, a hangout stream every so often. Um, I think we should do once a month, Ian and Rick, talk about what we're playing, games, have fun, oh, relax. That that needs to happen for sure. I think we'll, we'll alternate uh, channels and we'll have a great time with it. And we can do it. We can have it as a break time. Uh, everybody can come in. You're all welcome. Just and like I talked. I talk criminal law stuff and um, so much of it is depressing. So yeah, yeah a video game stream would be fantastic. Well, that was what was so fun about your charity stream. We just sat back. I, I think I asked you a hundred questions about Hades and your, uh, your enjoyment of it. And it's like, yeah, this is good. This is good I stuff. Really, I enjoyed the, uh, I enjoyed the heck out of that stream. And I mean, um, we did good, good stuff for the, uh, for the children on that. I got, Oh, is it? A, Have you seen this? No. What is this? Is this from the story? This is oh, from the story. Look at that. So um, they met up to basically say thank you. Um, they gave me this and a, a case for a commemorative coin that's on its way. Ooh. And here's the fun part about the commemorative coin. The commemorative coin says, um, it says 10K on it. And they're like, because... <laughs> We never actually we thought that we would need a bigger coin than this. <laughs> so I was like, that is, that's cool. Yeah, that is cool. Well, great so, for you, Ian. I don't get I this may... reference from Nicholas. Do you, do you recognize this, Ian? No, you can't fire him for shooting himself in the leg with a nail gun? I don't, but okay. that sounds like a union, like that sounds like one of his. Oh, I see stories. part of the stories. Okay. And um, <laughs> yeah, the. Uh, it would not surprise me. Uh, there is a criminal case about two workers on a site who got annoyed and one of them just took a nail gun and drilled the other guy in the head. That's attempted murder. Um, <laughs> except the nail was about an inch long, so it didn't actually do a whole lot of damage to the guy. It just kind of annoyed him. Okay. But the question, you know, and they were just like all sorts of questions about what how this gets handled legally and uh i guess the short answer for the chat is don't nail gun yourself or other people so 
Good. Uh, hey, you know, we don't give legal advice here, but if you're using a nail gun, be careful. <laughs> I think that's more of uh, life advice than legal advice. Um, uh, yeah. All right. Um, so the chat is very, very enthusiastic about our nerd stream. We've been, we've had it on the back burner while we went through Lawyers and Dragons. We're going to get that set up in 2023, definitely. Because uh, Ian and I both need it. Uh, and we enjoy hanging out with each other and talking about nerd stuff. Now, I can't guarantee you that the viewership of that won't be six people, uh, you know, by the end of the next, oh, uh, by, by the time we're done. But uh, we'll I mean, I just started like a role of law channel, which is like me doing role playing game stuff. And I mean, the viewership on that is not six people, but it's also not, you know, <laughs> it's not my usual channel. So I have to. I've had a moment of panic where I logged in to the, and I was on the wrong channel and I looked at my numbers and I went, what the, f <laughs> and, and then I realized, Oh wait, I'm on roll of law. This is my expected numbers on roll of law. So um, yeah, I, it's, it's kind of an interesting sort of jump there, but uh, actually I should have a video on that coming out on that one later today. Excellent. All right, well, I threatened us with leaving about a half hour ago, but I'm glad we got to do a little behind the scenes of YouTubing and hanging out and having fun with Ian, and we got to see the Stollery Bear. Um, folks, thank you so much for joining us for this Hangouts and Headlines. Uh, like I said, I'm taping videos basically all day, uh, so hopefully we'll get a virtual reality out there. I think we are going to keep premieres. I don't know how you all feel about that or not, but it's been a pretty successful experiment in November. So I think chances are we'll be airing mm -hmm. uh, virtual reality premieres at either 2 p.m. or 3 p.m. on any given day. Um, and, uh, we're going to proceed with that for another month and see how that goes. YouTube seems to be liking it more. Uh, and so I don't even, I don't even know what premieres are. So premiere is you take a video on demand and you essentially say for the very first time that it's made available, you pick a time. So it'll be 2 PM and, uh, or 3 PM on any given weekday that I, I air a virtual legality here. Uh, and that for that very first time you have an open chat, like it's a live stream and people have been talking to me about questions or oh. comments. Uh, and uh, YouTube just seems to like it more in terms of the, the robots behind the scenes for this channel now that we do a kind of daily live stream. Uh, and so that's, we're probably going to be keeping that. That's kind of cool. I may have to try one of those. So. And Sardinism is just bummed that they overlap with work time. Well, look, I'm, you are not losing anything because they just would be non-premiere uh, in any other circumstance. Uh, and so it's just it would just be a virtual reality video on demand. So it's just an add-on. I'm very sorry you missed some Sardinisms, of course. Uh, but like I said, it's primarily because the, the robots seem to be treating them more nicely uh, than the non-premieres. And uh, we, we have to meet YouTube where where they live. Nurse Liz just demonstrating the Midwest goodbye in real time. Hogue, no apologies needed. It's a feature we have. Just just a half hour. We'll get, I'll hit end broadcast anytime now. Uh, but I, I did want to tell folks that I'll probably put it in both the firm update for members, which I have to write, and the... Um, uh, probably a public post that just says, here's the plan. And we're probably going to change the banner on the channel to talk about Hangouts and Headlines at its start time, which is going to remain at 7.30 a.m. For folks that were worried I was going to move it when I was asking for the poll, it looks like it's going to stay. Uh, and then mentioning specifically that virtual legalities will appear on weekdays. Um, and I haven't quite decided whether I'll have rotations between two and three or just set it at three. Uh, PM Eastern so that you can know if you are sitting around and it's that time you can check out and see if whether I'm doing a live thing uh, and chat with me about whatever. So we're going to be moving to that format, I think, on the channel. And um, yeah, upwards and onwards. Uh, fourth anniversary was yesterday. 
Uh, I'm, the fifth year will be even better. More stuff, more Ian, more nerding out, more hangouts, more headlines, more virtual legality. God knows Microsoft and Activision is not going to finish for at least fully half the year. Uh, so we'll have a lot of content on that bare minimum. <laughs> Ian, thank you so much for hanging out with us this morning. Thank you for everybody that oh. visited. Nice to see you, Nurse Liz. Nice to see everybody else in chat. Uh, and I will catch you on either virtual legality, the next hangouts and headlines or two or three secret shows I'm taping, uh, later today. So please keep your heads up for those. They may be even more technical or nerdy or both, uh, and, uh, even less inviting to the, uh, to the general public, but we'll see. Thanks again, everybody. And I'll catch you on the next episode.